On today's first round KO, we give our immediate reactions to 2018 SummerSlam, possibly one of the best SummerSlams in a long time. This was a great show. Connor and I had a lot to talk about in this show. We had a lot to say about every match. I'm sorry if this episode goes long. It's also late, so I apologize for any of that. I also apologize for my voice. I was yelling a lot during the pay-per-view because it was a great pay-per-view and they did a lot of things great. It was it was just really good. So go ahead and listen to our reviews and uh yeah, enjoy. Let's get it. Shock the system. Welcome to the most must-hear WSUW sports podcast in history. Welcome to First Round KO. I am your host, KO, a.k.a. Howard J. Dingers, and I am joined, as always, by Mr. Connor J.D. Moore. Welcome by the show, which in Dutch means welcome to the show. If anyone's wondering why I'm opening the show in Dutch, that's because we apparently have quite the following in the netherlands apparently the last episode episode 29 from friday got uh the majority of the views from amsterdam netherlands so if you're listening to the and you're from the netherlands hi thank you for listening and please for the love of god it's sacred and holy tweet us something (laughs) about the show or even comment on the you can comment on the episode on soundcloud that is very, very true. Just, just give, shoot us a comment. I mean, we're we're curious. How would you find the podcast? You know, what what you're interested did you just in. Randomly, did you just randomly just hit a hashtag and you found it? And you're just like, oh, cool. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, was it just something that they just stumbled upon? Like, oh, okay, I'll listen to it. I mean, I guess. Right. But but Whatever. thank you guys like, very oh, much. We we appreciate <laughs> right. it. It's awesome having an you know also, international following. I also, I also learned. Belgium in the United States. Yeah, I don't know where. I noticed that I too. I haven't found. I haven't had a desire to look that up, but <laughs> apparently there's a Belgium in the United States. So shout out Belgium. Um, but yeah, on that right. note, just thank you everyone who listens. It's great. You guys are awesome. Um, we're trying to get everyone more involved on social media. I saw uh, Connor was a was a beast tonight on Twitter, live tweeting SummerSlam. And so that was cool. So we're just trying to get more involved on social media. Hopefully you guys can help us out with that. Just, you know, tweet us out, whatever, some hot takes, some, if you disagree, agree, whatever, all that fun stuff. FRKO podcast. In, and if you're in the Netherlands and if you like Memphis Depay as much as I do, because he's one of my favorite soccer players, please send me a, over a, a Dutch national team jersey with his name on the back. Trying to get free stuff. Please, my birthday's, hey, my birthday's coming up in a month. That would be phenomenal. All right, that's fair then. But speaking of SummerSlam and speaking of wrestling, holy crap. We just watched WWE SummerSlam, and it was amazing. Like, yeah. I, I'd have to say that it was it, – it was it definitely exceeded my expectations because over the, over the course of 2018, pay-per-views haven't been too great. Um, not even Mania was. Not even <laughs> Mania was a major disappointment. So I, especially after watching NXT Takeover last, or it's, 
you know, Saturday night, I, which was phenomenal uh, as always. I had, you know, Sunday morning, I had to sit myself down and I said, you know what? I got to lower the expectations a little bit. I got to, I got to ramp it down. I got to, I got to expect to be disappointed. And I was not, I, I was not disappointed. And even though I didn't like the finish of the pay-per-view, I, I am still okay with it. Like I still, it was still a great match. We'll get to it. Uh, I was say the finish of the pay-per-view made sense, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Right. Yeah. And the thing that I was going to say before the show was this, SummerSlam basically pulled a reverse WrestleMania where the pre-show was good. And then the main card was kind of eh at best. Yeah. Literally the pre-show for SummerSlam. I, I won't even lie. I was on my phone. I was just on Twitter, just randomly just scrolling through all three accounts that I apparently can now manage but, uh, but between, you know, the ones that I have. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm on, I'm on Instagram. I'm playing WWE Supercar. I'm doing all I'm doing all this stuff and everything. Like only paying attention just every now and then to the to the matches, right? And then when the main card came on, I was like, "All right, I'll watch." Because I mean, they always open with the Intercontinental match, and it should be good. And literally, the rest that match in the entire SummerSlam card, I sat there the entire time. I was just like, "Oh my god, they've finally done it! They've put together a good, a really good pay per view." Really good pay per view. It was balanced. They started off with a really good match. And then, you know, and it, it was very, like, good match, decent match, good match, slow match, good match. And they, they had it very paced out, like, very well, especially as far as, like, heels going over, faces going over, um, the the intensity of the match varying from match to match. It This SummerSlam was fantastic, like, from top to bottom. Yeah. I, I loved almost every second of it. I was going to say. Say just just a point, just to say this, and then obviously I'll explain the, what I'm about to say when we start to go when we start to go over all the different matches. Mm-hmm. But wow, I actually lost what I was going to say. Now that's disappointing. Well, I'll oh, say yeah, here it is. Oh yeah, I got it. I got it now. I remember there was from looking from a main card point of view, from a main card point of view, because the pre-show, I, I I I I'm a little bit upset with myself that I kind of wasted that time. Um, <laughs> to watch in, in complete honest with you that's that's, that's how fair. i thought about of the pre-show that's fair there was not a bad match on the on the main card in my opinion like it was like there was matches where the pace differed and everything yep and the intensity was different but there was not one bad match there's one match where i was kind of just like what was the point of it yes uh yeah there but, i will say Three matches come to mind that I'm not saying they were bad, but one of them I can remember specifically. There were a lot of botches that it, that I didn't expect. There was one that was oh, very. Yeah, I think I know which one. There was one that was very underwhelming, even though it had a lot of hype. And there was one that was just slow and boring. But when I look at it as a whole, it was very good. So, but like the match itself wasn't great. Um, but it was still the angles that played inside of it were still fantastic, and there was good spots and stuff. So I'll get to those. Let's get into. Let's get into it. Yeah, yeah. let's get into it. Um, we'll go through the pre-show real quick. You said you didn't. I actually, 
I watched it, but I didn't. So I didn't give a damn. I told myself because I got into this habit recently when I was watching pay per views, where I kind of tune in and out. <laughs> Like through the entire show where I don't just watch the matches. I kind of glance over every once in a while. Oh, he's getting over. Oh, oh, this is going to be the end of the match. I'll watch for the next five minutes. And then mm-hmm. I'll watch the end of the match. And then I'm kind of – so. and I was very disappointed with pay-per-views throughout that. And I missed some good matches, blah, blah, blah. So I told myself going into SummerSlam, I need to actually sit down and pay attention to these matches and – watch every maybe not every second but try to keep my focus on the pay-per-view and everything so and i did and it started with the pre-show and so we started with andrade cien almas and zelina vega tagging against rusev and lana and rusev and lana just took a just took a clean i shouldn't say clean took a pinfall zelina it was like a roll-up and then zelina put her feet up on the ropes to get a dirty pin on Lana. No Aiden English, no heel turn. There's just a pretty pretty set in stone finish. <laughs> nothing nothing really storyline worthy other than Andrade and Zelina won. Yeah, the heels did what the heel is supposed to do, distract the good guys, get a pin and double down on it, and they get the dirty pin. I mean there was the result that I expected that happened happened, just not the way that I thought it would happen. You know, I thought there'd be interference, but not from, you know, Andrade distracting Lana. I right. thought it would come in the form of, you know, Aiden English yeah. popping up yeah. out of nowhere. But yeah, it was. Yeah, I looked at it. I was like, okay, this is this is kind of cool. I thought it was really cool how the how the crowd did the whole Lana is the best. Lana's number one thing when she. Yeah. Got into, when Lana got into the match, and it was an audible chant too, as great. audible as it could be, because you know the Barclays Center wasn't even. I would I would say it wasn't even fifty percent full at that no. point. But but this was a crowd. This was a great crowd every night or all night. Brooklyn was Brooklyn's always a great crowd. Yeah, they they did what I would hope they wouldn't do, which was just completely hijack the show. So credit right. to you, Brooklyn. Credit. But yeah, as far as as far as this pre-show match was concerned, what I expected to happen did and my only question now is where does Andrade move on from here because this program between these between Almas and Rusev should be dead in the water. So Yes. I yeah, I hope yeah. he finds something that can you know be a legit storyline, make him start making him a contender for at least some sort of title. Yeah. Um and speaking of titles, the next match was the cruiserweight championship match between Cedric Alexander and Drew Gulak. Now, apparently, according to Wikipedia, Gentleman Jack Gallagher and the Brian Kendrick were banned from ringside. I did not were, know. Yeah. I, I did not know that going into the match. I did not know that during the match. I just found that out now. Um, well, they specified it uh, before. Did they? Um, yeah, they did. They, they they talked about it when Gulak made his entrance. So. Well, if I would have known In, that, it would have just well, solidified the pick that I already had. <laughs> To be fair, I had no idea either till they said it. I was like, "Oh, all right," because right? I don't watch two hundred five live. Like so. then, I if if I'd have known that, I definitely knew Drew Lack, or Drew wasn't winning. So, spoiler alert: right. which are Cedric Alexander defended his title. He he retained. And in what was a pretty decently told story in a, a pretty decent match, like it it was kind of Cedric out wrestling Drew a little, but Drew was getting the upper hand with submission holds 
and because that's what he does. He's a submission specialist. But Cedric just in the end was a better wrestler. Was doing some high flying stuff, you know, the high risk stuff that that pays off when you know when you know how to do it at the right time. And yeah, it was just a well told match. Cedric, I believe he, he won with a roll up. I'm pretty sure yeah. all these matches. Now that I think about it, all of these yeah, matches rolled, ended up with a roll yeah, up. All the pre show matches ended in a roll up. Spoiler alert for the next one. Sorry, <laughs> right. guy. That's fine. Uh, but honestly, I feel like this match had it had a little bit more time. Yes, would have been better. I mean, given the time that it was that it, given the time restraints that it had, it was a fairly of all the pre show matches. This was the best one, and I agree that isn't really very difficult to say because all three matches in the grand scheme of things were it was again it was a very it was a it was a pre-show that i very well could have slept past or have done other things like maybe continue to play yes. xbox or whatever until the main card started and and i would have just got the results through my phone when they right. uh, when the when the notifications came up but this was a good this was a all that being said this was a this was a decent match. This was the only decent match in the pre-show, to be honest with you. And I feel like if it had more time, which apparently I saw all on Twitter and everything from all the different accounts that I follow, that this seems to be the running trend. Like, when they're given the time, the Cruiserweights put on damn good matches. Yeah. And they said... and. I when I was saw a bunch of people saying that I was like yeah I was like you know what that makes sense because even in the pre-show for Mania they had a decent amount of time and that match was pretty solid yeah between Cedric Alexander versus Mustafa. and Mustafa Ali mm. so I feel like I feel like with that in mind I think this match would have done better with a little bit more time I am kind of interested to see if they're going to continue uh, battling each other it seems like they will just based on how based on the the ending of the match and. Honestly, I think what two two big pay per views in in two thousand eighteen. You know, the big four Mania and and SummerSlam, the cruiserweight titles defended on the pre show, and they were good matches. So I'm, and I know this is obviously a Vince call, but I really hope that in the the next. I would say the next big four pay-per-view, if hopefully it doesn't take until the next one, but I hope in in the pay-per-view sooner rather than later, the cruiserweight title actually gets a defense on the main card. Me too. So gets legitimate they time. They can actually right get get some legitimate built-in time. They're not, you know, they're not. I don't want to say rushing, but they're not allotted the proper time that they should. Yeah. Because as you see, when you get the right. You know, when he puts in the right people in the ring when it comes to 205 Live, really all of them, but still, when they have the time, they they steal the show more often than not. So, I mean, I think the only bad thing about this match was it wasn't longer than it might have held my attention a little bit more. But, I mean, I got this pick. I was like, oh, I got it wrong, but I'm happy with the results. So. Yeah. Um, I, it's It's weird to me. Knowing that the pre-show was two hours long, and looking at the the time the times for these matches, the 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 Andrade match only got seven minutes, the Cedric match only got ten ten minutes fifteen seconds, and the Raw tag team match only got six minutes and fifteen seconds. So what is it? It's twenty three twenty three and a half minutes. 
out of a two-hour paper pre-show, I think you could give each match a little more time, especially that that cruiserweight match. But that's beside the point. Um, that match time is always something WWE struggles how to balance, but that's another conversation for another day. the The final pre-show right. match was the B team defending their titles against the Revival, and so so for me. I this match was not good, but I really liked the ending. <laughs> the ending, the ending saw um, Bo Dallas, I Bo Dallas, and one of one of the revival members, one of either Dash or Dawson, got were tangled up uh, outside. The, yeah, so uh, Wilder and Bo Dallas were were like bat, were like battling each other on the ropes while Dawson had Axel rolled up for more than three seconds. Right. Yeah, Dawson had had Axel rolled up and that's fine. And then Bo was in the ring and Bo got pushed by Dash into the roll up, which flipped uh, uh, into Axel on top of Dawson. And then they got the one, two, three because Dawson was caught off guard. I really liked that spot (laughs) because it doesn't necessarily hurt the revival because it's, it was a very fluky, like, you basically got pushed into a roll up and no one knew what was happening. And then the B team were like, Oh, holy shit. We won. <laughs> so like it, I, I liked the, the rest of the match was not good, but I kind of figured it would be for a pre-show match, but the, the ending I really liked. I, I have feelings about this one, <laughs> you know, because on one side, I do think it's too early to take the belts off the B team. You know, seeing that they did decide to put them on the B team for whatever reason is beyond me. But my guess committed to it. My guess, honestly, at this point, is because of Matt Hardy's injury. Well, yeah, but then they—I mean—they could have put it on the revival. I agree. Of, yeah. At that point, there's other teams on Raw that they could have put the belt on, but this is a—you know—the the time has came and went for me to gripe about that decision. They're, <laughs> right. they're sticking with it. And even though I don't agree with the decision to have them on the belt, or have them with the belt creative is sticking with the decision and they're rolling with it. The B- team have this momentum. They're still undefeated, even though they've gotten wins, you know, with luck and kind of fluky victories and everything. And they're starting to establish themselves as fan favorites. And every now and then, especially with the little backstage segment that they had with The Miz later, which I was rolling. Fantastic. Laughing. Um, I was, like, this weekend, WWE got a lot of just random outbursts for me. Like, and they were all positive Oh, yes. Yeah, since since I don't know what match that happened after, I'm just, we'll just, I'll talk about it now, because it was actually, it was right before Daniel Bryan and Miz, but... Miz was walking to the ring and he ran into the B team and they were all excited. And Miz was like, Oh, it's really guys to see you. Like, I'm glad that you guys are doing good since being under my wing, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, for old time's sakes, I wouldn't mind if you go got my limo for me and we can party afterwards. And B team were like, uh, sorry, dude, we're not the Miz anymore. We're the B team. And the B stands for Daniel Bryan, <laughs> which I, because they could just say like- Bryan, and then explained it. Nope, just Daniel Bryan. And then they go on to talk about how 
they want a reality TV show like Miz does, and they want it to be total fellas because they're, they're a couple of fellas, but they want it to start with a B because it because they're the B team. So so picture this. Total Bellas. <laughs> Literally the Brooklyn reaction when that they were just eating if I were there, that would have been the only way that I would have that would have been better for me if I were actually was, physically there because I would have been collapsed on the ground laughing. Fantastic. But, oh, and they also pronounced but, Ms. and Mrs. as Ms. and Ms. and Mers. Mers. <laughs> Come on. That was so perfect. I mean But anyway, so back to the match. Is, creative is committed to getting the BT right. over whether I mean they're somewhat of a joke but they're you know but they're capable right in the ring at the same time though and this is where I have feelings about this one I feel so god for revival because they are without a doubt since the bar went to Smackdown live without a doubt the best tag team as far as performances are concerned they are the best tag team on raw and what what do they what do they have to show for it okay they've beaten roman reigns and bobby lashley great that was i mean that they won right they split the series with those who because that's what they were supposed to do you know they beat them because reigns and lashley got off or were like trying to one-up each other they came back the next week boasted about it they got the rematch and then they lost bears and the revival lost so there's that and then what else? I mean, really, they've been so mismanaged as a, as a as a tag team, and it's I guess credit to WWE for wanting to continue this B team thing, you know? Yeah. But at some point, at some point, because I think they'll the B team will be fine without the belts. They <laughs> he has effect. They uh, might not be as effective, but they, they'll they'll be fine. They they I guess. they'll. I mean, they're, if anything, they're no worse off than Rhino and Heath Slater. Oh, jeez. So, and, and those two are basically just jokes at this point on the roster. Yeah. They're in the same so, locker room as Kurt Hawkins. and Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the B team, they'll be they, – because they'll have the label of former tag team champions. They'll be, they'll be fine because this is, cause I hope they drop the belts to the Revival and then they can actually go on a program which would actually be decent because the Revival – deserves the belt on them before the calendar turns to 2019. So that's why I have feelings about this one. I'm glad that they're committed to the B team. And, you know, I enjoy the B team. I really do. I really hope I get to go to Monday Night Raw when it's in Chicago in October so I can do the whole B team chant now that they got the whole Spirit Squad B-team, thing going. B team, go, go, go. I still I still like Battle Scars better. I can oh. <laughs> <laughs> But... But at the same time, I just feel like Creative is screwing over the revival. Like they're just screwing them over at this Absolutely. point. It's kind of it's kind of the same thing with they do with Authors of Pain. Like yeah, dominant tag dominant tag team, they drop Paul Elring. What are what, Elring? What are they doing? Feuding with Titus Worldwide. <laughs> so I mean, I don't. Know. This match did it, this match did what it was supposed to do. Further continue the B team's undefeated run because yep. it was it's it, it was too soon for them to drop it but it need the belts need to be dropped by the by 2018's calendar end this it needs it needs to this feud is going to end with the B team dropping the titles in a squash match to the authors of pain 
Um, if, if it all leads up to that, then I'll actually be more ticked off at the Revival lost here. <laughs> I know well, then it. eventually you can work up to Revival Authors of Pain at Mania. Yeah. Because that I, will be fantastic like it was in NXT. But anyway, I, that's enough yeah. for the pre-show. Yeah. Can we – yeah, let's get to the main card. I don't yeah. care about the, about the damn pre-show Exactly. <laughs> so the main card opened up with Dolph Ziggler with Drew McIntyre defending his Intercontinental Championship in a single one-on-one match against Seth Rollins with Dean Ambrose. And this was a very solid opening match. It went 22 minutes, and there were a lot of... So my only gripe with this was it feels like they didn't use Ambrose and McIntyre effectively. Like, the really the only thing was McIntyre climbed onto the apron. Ambrose uh, took him out with the Dirty Deeds. And, like, throughout the match, so that that was towards the end of the match, but, like, throughout the match, like, McIntyre would get close to the action, like, on the, on the apron, and then Ambrose would just, like, slowly walk over to him, and they would get face-to-face, forehead-to-forehead, stare at each other, and then Derek Moore, the ref, would just be like, all right, hey, split up, you guys, We're not, no fighting, and then they'd walk away, <laughs> and then they you did that. You didn't enjoy that, though? Like, it was... You did it like that? It was good, but, like... It's not like I they're. Liked, it's not like they're doing anything to affect the match. I liked, I liked it because I mean, and then like, the only it, my only my only gripe with it was because it didn't it didn't it didn't pay off really. Like Drew McIntyre got up on the apron and was like, oh, and then dirty deeds. Like that's all it was. I, I feel like oh, there yeah, should have been more of a payoff. Like I yes, someone yes should no. have someone should have cost someone a match. Yet yeah, yes. Yes and no. I mean, I I liked how they I liked how every time McIntyre tried to go over there and kind of like scout out the area, you know, here comes big bad, and now I can say these say the word buff, uh, Dean Ambrose, yeah. you know, just you know, just coming around, just lurking, just getting his Debo on, and just you know, just kind of lurking too, and then stepping up in the face of Drew McIntyre. I like that because I mean, again, I mean Ambrose is a little bit shorter. Yeah, and like, the, that so was, that I is what I on playing up to it. like. There, like there was going to be this bust up, and then right. when the action really picked up in the ring, I I like I liked it because it was you still had that element of oh Ambrose could is can kind of level the playing field with this and McIntyre could been doing, but for the most part the action was settled in the ring, and yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed that, and it still built up the anticipation of Ambrose and McIntyre bust, clashing. And the, even though, yeah, it was just like um, Ambrose, McIntyre about to step in, then Ambrose step, uh, steps in, cuts him off, and then hits him with dirty deeds, I thought that was just fine. You know, there didn't need to be a massive war on, on the outside because I think that's... No, that that, that would have just been tomorrow. that would have just been sloppy, and not, that that wouldn't have been good. In, in all honesty, it would have taken it would have taken away from the match, which was already. Which, in my now looking at the entire card, was definitely a top three match, if not one of the best matches on the. Yeah, it's definitely a top three match on the on the yes. entire card. Yes. So it would have taken have taken away the focus for that, and then it becomes essentially what the what every Rollins versus Ziggler match has become up to this point. So I think a simple dirty deeds was exactly what it needed. It re, it mm-hmm. reintroduced Ambrose. It played up to his role of being the equalizer, level leveling the playing field. Ziggler got distracted. Rollins took over. He got the belt back. Now, what I 
Now, what I will say, though, is that in that embrace at the end when Ambrose picked up Rollins, at mm. that point, I thought, oh, Lord, here we go. But I think WWE knew that. I think WWE knows, oh, knows they, exactly oh, what they we know. know. They like, know. Everyone knows, like, okay, they expect this damn thing to happen. So now I have to, so I think now we all have to walk it back. And I think we're going to see a long game, a little bit of a long game Which here. So dumb. I don't think it's going to be a very long game. I hope not. I hope he turns. I hope he turns tonight. I hope he turns tonight on Raw. It's gonna be. I think it's gonna be delayed up until a certain point before until Hell in the Cell. I think that's when we'll see. Or if anything, we'll see Ambrose and McIntyre, which I would be okay with at Hell in the Cell. I would be okay because because it gives McIntyre an established an established opponent who's been who's been doing really well. Winning titles, all etc. etc. While McIntyre was away, and then the eventual return in NXT. So I still think we've yet to see a program there, and then we'll see a turn. So, but as far as the match was concerned and how all the elements played up to it, I enjoyed every minute of it. I, like like you like you said, had there been a big bust up with Ambrose and McIntyre on the outside, the match would have lost its a, a good yeah, amount of its no, luster because then it would like, oh yeah, it goes from leveling the playing field to yeah. oh. The playing field's completely skewed because a bunch of crap is happening on the outside. Like, the in-ring action was great. The outside elements complemented it perfectly. This was the best way to start what what, what would turn out to be a very, very, very good card. And it seems to be the case every time the, inter- the Intercontinental Championship starts off the pay-per-view. I agree. So, a couple things that... That I took away from this match. So I I will admit I do like the storytelling element of the face-offs between Ambrose and McIntyre because they are, you know, McIntyre is the Scottish psychopath. Dean Ambrose is the lunatic fringe, even though he doesn't have his hair anymore. He should just be the lunatic. Whatever. That's a small gripe. I do like the storytelling of them facing off because what it really is is those two normally can stare down an opponent like that, get in their face, and that w- opponent will either A, get intimidated and back off, or B, get scared and start fighting. Neither, but like, the, so the storytelling is that they both normally do that, and they can do that, but they were doing it to each other, and they weren't backing down. Like, they were both trying to do that, and both of them are crazy and unhinged, or whatever words you want to use, that, they, that they're going to keep staring down. They're, they're not going to break. They're there to be enforcers. Um, so I did like that. But to me, I it it felt like it needed to play out more. Where if if you're gonna have Seth win, ha, almost have Drew cost the title or cost him the title like a little more, like because really he distracted him, but then Seth still got the win. Like it didn't distract Dean or Dolph at all. I, I, to me, you need to have someone cost it. Like that's that's how the story kind of played out from in my mind. Um, what really happened was was Ambrose hit him, hit McIntyre with the dirty deeds. Rollins was distracted, but then when Dolph Dolph went for a super kick, but Rollins got his super co- super kick off faster, hit him with the stomp. One, two, three, new Intercontinental champ. Yeah, I think it, I think just have a, another Intercontinental match, especially on SummerSlam, being costed by outside interference again would have just uh, been it, it. Just would have been it. Just would have been a rehash. But of, they're. They're still going to do the inner – I'm honestly yeah, – I'm done with I'm, this feud. But even though they're not, obviously, like, they're going to have to do a rematch now. And Dean versus McIntyre is probably going to happen. 
Oh yeah, because I mean McIntyre said which that that'll be fine. That'll be fine. I'm just sick of I'm just sick of Rollins. I'm just sick of Rollins and Ziggler because especially their Extreme Rules match, they their their chemistry and their ring work together was exposed at at Extreme Rules because they had a really good start and they had a really good finish. But in the middle, it was super boring and not good at all. Like it I don't was... think that was their fault. I think it was the fact that they had so much time in that Iron Man match to kill. But so why I not think... just go balls to the walls for 30 minutes? They can. We've seen Rollins do it. He was in a match for an hour and a half. <laughs> I don't get the the quick pinfalls but yeah, but and then an rest hour and holds. A, an hour and a half, yeah, but there was... There's so many. It's not like that that match where he was in an hour and a half was balls to the wall either. There's still, you know, there's still the low, the, but there the was cool an down ha- spots and everything. But there was but... at least a half hour of stuff worth it. There. Yeah, yes, but still, it was. There's a the, there's a lot of differences between that gauntlet match let, and then the thirty minute hour and then the thirty minute Iron Man match. But let me ask you this: How many rest holds did you see in Champa versus Gargano? On Saturday night, not many, but again, the, the situation is completely different. You know, this, there's a, the storyline elements and all that was completely different. But you knew, you knew right away going into it, the stipulations, I, I guess. the We're, backstory, yeah. the everything. I'm just saying, you knew that there was only one strict goal in mind for both of them, which was to basically borderline, right, kill the other. I'm just saying, storyline that was 33 minutes of. Action, of action pack stuff like it started off hot right away and did not stop I'm, that's just my point but anyway we're getting off topic so my other point so a couple other points i already said i'm gonna i'm i'm sick of this rivalry i don't want to see another ziggler rollins match like i like oh, it'll end. It, it will but i like i said they have good fin- they have good starts they have good finishes the middle of their matches have become very repetitive and very stale um my other point is it's two other things. Why why did Ambrose return on Raw? Because why not just have the pop for SummerSlam? That didn't make any sense to me. Because in my mind, if you have him return on Raw, you have him do something on like why not just show up to SmackDown or to SummerSlam and then do the hey I have a lunatic in my corner. To me, that doesn't make any booking sense. And. My he still other... technically did something. He leveled the playing field. No, I, I know. I see what you mean. But I you see can, exactly what you mean. You though. can level the playing field that summer. It's whatever. I, I see exactly what you, you can mean. Tease it. Did... You can tease yeah. it on Raw and be like, oh, I might have someone in my corner. I and... see what you mean because yeah. the way they reintroduced him on Raw, it gave you that assumption. That's why everyone was like, oh, yeah, Dean's pulling some crap at some Yeah. So, because and then, of the way they presented it. So then they didn't. And now Seth has the title and he's friends with Dean. For now. But, but here, okay, you have to continue this feud because you eventually have to do the Dean McIntyre match and you eventually have to do another Rollins-Ziggler match for a rematch. And that's fine and all, but, like, then would, like, do you have Dean turn immediately after that? That's, like, the only, that's the only thing that you can do because you can't have them tag together because, first of all, we've already seen it. Second of all, Seth has the IC belt, so that, like, that That's exactly what they're going to do. The (sighs) moment... The moment they finally end the whole Ziggler ranting, which I, which I, and I know you say you're sick of it, and I'm kind of, I, I'm not sick of it, but I do think it's getting old and repetitive. We're we're at the end. I don't think this continues into into Hell in the Cell, even though I just said I could see 
and Ambrose McIntyre match there. I don't think it even gets to that point because I think they both I, have matches that I think the I think the IC rematches at Hell in a Cell, and I think they do Ziggler or McIntyre Ambrose. I think there. they're better off. I think they're better off doing Rollins Ambrose at Hell at Hell in a Cell at this point. I think WWE. I, they're not going to do Rollins Ambrose that don't quickly. Don't want to say it. I think they know. I I would hope I would hope they would because they're more suited off. And that's. They're, they're more they're better suited that way than than continuing a rivalry which is should be dead in the water with with Rollins winning and then I don't know McIntyre Ambrose you can settle tonight on Raw and that'll be that well and ideally here's here's my other thing and I said this during the prediction show Ziggler and McIntyre need that belt more than Ambrose and, and Rollins so Ideally, in my mind, Ziggler wins the title back, but because I don't want I don't want Seth and Dean fighting over a title because then it feels then the the outcomes of the matches can feel more like like back back when they did fight at Hell in a Cell. I don't remember a number of years ago. It was Seth Rollins for the championship. Seth Rollins had his championship against Dean Ambrose. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. And every no one no one believed that Dean was winning the title there. And then they did that weird thing with Bray Wyatt returning. I don't want a title in this feud. This title does this feud doesn't need a title. And to me it just it it what's the word I'm looking for? Like it it just makes the matches more predictable almost. Not this with this Dean Ambrose and this Seth Rollins, not really, but I mean I don't I don't know. That's I think what I, I don't know. it's I think I think for this one, which I, again is also something I've kind of noticed uh, on W on wrestling Twitter, as I'll just as I'll just call it. <laughs> By the way, shout out wrestling Twitter, <laughs> we are the best. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, but I think for the, I think for this feud, just the different angles that they could play for. There's a lot of they should, they could, they might, they might not, and then there's a lot of agree to disagree here. But yeah. overall. Taking away the storylines, I think we could both agree that this was a damn good match. It was like, this was a good table setter for some. Pretty good, so. and I will say it's top five of the weekend. But pro- oh, yeah, for sure, probably for sure. in my mind number five of the weekend. <laughs> I can think of four other matches from Saturday that were a lot better. But anyway, I was say you'd probably put the entire takeover card over um, this if you could. All of them except for EC3 Velveteen. That's true. That one I. I that, that one was kind of meh. Yeah. But moving on. <laughs> but anyway, moving on. Um. Oh, what was I gonna say? I don't remember anymore. Never. Oh, I do. I do remember what I was gonna say. Uh, last thing on this. We a year ago we saw Ambrose and Seth teaming together, and now it just feels like they're gonna pick up where they left off a year ago. And I don't think that's necessary. I think they could have kind of redone this. So that's that's my gripe with this. One last thing as far as history, you know, with 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 history, and this involves actually involves Dolph Ziggler here, and then we can move on. And I didn't, and I had no idea about this, so I can't take credit for this, but I saw somebody tweeted this. Uh, some uh, an, a writer tweeted this. I can't remember his name, but he had, but is he he's on like the wrestling something. I can't remember what it's called, but apparently in 1992, at SummerSlam, also championship match. Uh, which had the Ultimate Warrior versus Ravishing Rick Rude. Rick Rude wore the inter- wore the Intercontinental Championship on his tights. Oh, nice! He lost that 
that match. Yeah. Dolph Ziggler, oh, 2018, nice. won the Intercontinental Championship on his tights. Nice he callback. lost. Nice callback. Yeah. I like it. All right. Moving on to the next match. <laughs> Uh, the next match was the SmackDown Tag Team title match between the New Day and the Bludgeon Brothers, the champions. And the New Day won by disqualification after the uh, w- Woods and Big E were setting up the midnight hour, but Rowan used his hammer. Uh, finally, they're using the hammers again uh, to attack. I think he hit Big E with a hammer and it cost them the DQ. And then they continued the beat up after this match. And to me, this was not perfect, and this was one of the matches I was talking about before the show. This was sloppy. There were a lot of uh, a lot of botches out of specifically Luke Harper. Like to me, he's a very polished re- wrestler. So to see uh, like four or five botches out of him disappointed me a lot. But other other than that, this match was very good, and it it uh, served its purpose. And it, it told a story that the Bludgeon Brothers are dominant. And, you know, they don't necessarily care about winning. It's, it ju- they just care about winning. Or they just want to, A, beat you up, and B, win the title, or keep the titles. So, I to me, this worked very well. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, I think they only care about, to use their name, they only care about bludgeoning their opponents. Right. The WWE's version of bludgeoning, because the real-life version is a lot more graphic. But <laughs> I... W- I will say this. I have two things to say. Number one, the Brooklyn crowd did exact showed me something that you mentioned, I believe, in the prediction show or one of the shows that we talked about before. Yes. Which is, I don't think most of them, if any of them, really care about the gimmick that the Bludgeon Brothers have. Now I go into it. Now, I think that changes now that they're using the mallets and are probably going to resort to being a lot more violent. I hope instead so. Of just, instead of just a whole, oh, hey, here comes the Bludgeon Brothers. Oh, hey, right. I'll blink. They just ran, they just steamrolled through them with a bunch of, with a bunch of power slams and clotheslines. Yeah. Now that they're actually, now that they're actually getting violent, now I think we're actually going to get the most out of the, this Bludgeon Brothers gimmick. I hope. I hope. That was the first thing that I noticed. They're during their entrance, I was just like, damn. I was like, they did not get, they didn't get booze or anything. They were just, they they were looked, just kind of just like, eh. I, I said this during the show, when they made their entrance, they looked straight up out of Duck Dynasty. Yeah, the masks look. They were wearing that was, basically that was deer a, that skulls with antlers, and they were wearing yeah. camouflage. Yeah, that was basically a Duck beards, Dynasty callback. So, yep, yeah. Duck Dynasty for so, sure. Anyway. But yeah, the WWE Universe didn't give them anything. Now, I think mm-hmm. that changes now that I think, now that they're actually stooping to the whole they're living up to the bludgeon brothers name hopefully i hope hopefully i don't think we've seen the end of them using mallets weapons and everything number two this would be a bad match going into it but this match was a lot better than i thought it would be in all uh, honesty yeah yeah especially based I didn't on expect the, this based on the wrestlemania match that they had the triple threat i they right. they only got like five minutes for that match this match went nine minutes 45 seconds so right. I mean, uh, they got more the, time, and it, it yeah, it, it did feel better. It wasn't just the Bludgeon Brothers destroying. Like, New Day got right. a lot of offense in, so. Right. I mean, they they played well off of each other, and for this to actually be like a head-to-head thing, this was, like I said, I didn't expect a clunker, 
but I also at the same time didn't expect the matches that I've been accustomed to seeing the New Day and where they where they can be with I don't know two wrestling dummies and still put on exciting matches if they truly wanted to. Right. So I think this match, like I said, it was better than I thought it would have been. I liked the end because there's still a continuation, and I do hope this continuation leads to I don't know an extreme rules or a false count anywhere, something like that, some form of tornado tag down the line. Ooh, that would be nice. so hell in a cell. I'm hoping. Right, because that New Day Usos Hell in a Cell match was fantastic. Exactly, especially, especially given now that the Bludgeon Brothers are bringing back the mallets. Oh, in the so, cell would be perfect. Anyway, but yeah, I, I enjoyed I, I I enjoyed this match. I thought it was a I thought it was a good match to follow up the action that we saw yep. in the inter, inter, intercontinental match. I am actually really glad this program is continuing. I think the program, this program is going to continue to get better now that the Bludgeon Brothers are stooping to a bit more violent ways. Yes. And, and as I mentioned, the Bludgeon Brothers, with them being violent and the New Day having the ability to just to put on amazing tag matches after amazing tag team matches, regardless of the stipulation or what it is, there could be the payoff to this feud is going to be great. I am very excited. So this is a feud that I'm, I'm, this is one of the few feuds coming out of SummerSlam that I was, that I'm very glad is going to continue. I'm extre- I'm extremely glad it's going to continue because we, given how this match ended, I can already see the payoff for this one. It's, it's going to be great. I yeah. just, I just hope they don't, I just hope they don't make it make this program longer than it needs to be, which we know oh, they will. Which, oh, they will. Which we know creative has a horrible tendency to with rivalries. But, but there's too many good tag team right. There's too many good tag teams on SmackDown for them to just stick with these two. They need to let this program run its course end it. Which is why has to, I wouldn't whoever, mind this feud just ending. Like, yeah, you beat New Day. Yeah. Like they're concussed now because of these hammers. Let's move on to the bar, you know, that kind of thing. I wouldn't mind that at all. But you know there's the mandatory, somehow always conveniently written in everyone's contract rematch clause. So, so dumb. All right. But again, with this feud, I'm okay with it as long as they don't as long as it doesn't overstay its welcome. I agree. This match did its job. Did its job. All it, right. did, it did its job. Yeah. That is the best way to that is the best thing to say for it. It did its job. Next up we had Braun Strowman defending his Money in the Bank briefcase against Kevin Owens if Braun lost in any capacity. This was a match. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I it, it went a minute and 50 seconds. I'll tell you guys that right now. It, here's how it went. I can tell you it's spot for spot. So the mat, the bell rang. Uh, Braun hit two splashes in the corner. Owens rolled out of the ring. Braun rolled out to the other side of the ring, did his spinning motion, and he did his f- full charge halfway around the way- ring, battering Graham into Owens. And then Owens stumbled to the announce tables. He did another battering ram. Owens went in the ring and and rolled out the other side of the ring towards the ramp. Braun chased him. Owens hit him, hit Strowman with a super kick. Braun no sold the super kick, threw him in the ring. Uh, or no, he uh, did he power bomb him? Or he no, he choke slammed him. That's what he choke slammed him onto the step or onto the ramp, which looked brutal. 
Yeah, it was it was on like the metal part. It was amazing. Threw him back in the ring. Power slam. One, two, three. Minute fifty seconds. Complete squash match. And I don't know why this on okay, and I will admit during when it happened, I had Braun Strowman in my picks. So and it, this was a big one because the two other people, Nate and Duncan, who I was against, they had Owens, and then they had Owens cashing in later in this night. So this was a big match as far as our predictions went. So we were really into it. I was super happy when <laughs> when it, I noticed it was a squash match, and I was really happy. But now looking at it, I like it for Strowman. It's great. It made him look really strong. We'll get to how he looked towards the end of the show. But for Owens, this is terrible. He's been buried over the past three months, and it's been t- – he, he, he could be – Raw, Raw has been lacking a top heel for, forever, like since since Miz left, really. I mean, by and, default, it was Brock Lesnar just but, by not being there. But, as but, they're, also missing, camera, but they're also missing him, so – Exactly. Owens could fill that role so easily, but they've buried him over the past couple months. This I mean, is just he has terrible. Before, when he now, had the belt, he's had he he's exactly. had the full. Now the so. only optimism that I can gain out of this, and this is giving WWE too much credit, I know, but it could happen. I could see it happening. I think that this will hopefully create a character change for Owens. And this, it's not going to be a heel turn or face. Obviously, he's already heel. It's not going to be like a face turn or anything. I just think it, he's going to revert back to Owens of NXT, hopefully, or even Owens of early WWE, where he's what, just prize fighter Owens. Yes, prize fighter, where he's just he's trying to get a championship at any cost. Doesn't matter who has it. Doesn't matter how he gets it. He's power bombing people on the side of the apron. He's just it, yeah, like I want I want that. I want fight anyone prize fighter Owens. So I'm hoping that he now this since he's been beat up by Braun so much he's like all right I gotta change something because this isn't working. But that's all I have for this man. It could it could very well happen because I mean just look at from a storyline standpoint I mean he gets ticked off of always exactly. losing to Braun and then losing exactly he just absolutely just snaps mentally and just you know goes goes haywire and just runs roughshod over anyone and everything until he gets what he rightfully deserves so it's very very possible storyline wise as far as what i thought about this match this is what i thought about this match 10 seconds into the match i was started i just began laughing hysterically because <laughs> i knew exactly what happened and i did not stop laughing the entire for the entire minute 50 from the moment he pinned, from the moment Braun went back up the ramp with the briefcase, yep. I was laughing the entire time, mostly because I was just like, damn, they really did KO like this. They really did Kevin Owens like this. And then I was also laughing because I was just like, wow, they are. I was like, WWE is very stingy on two things on Raw. Making Roman look strong and making Strowman look like a god. <laughs> my my favorite part, my I, favorite part I, I of this I don't know match. what I... You go for it. <laughs> but, well, because they came out, and this was a, such a minor detail, and I guarantee that they did this on purpose. When when Owens comes out, he's wearing a brand new Owen, or KO in the bank T-shirt, and he's got the green shorts, and he's ready for this. 
And Braun Strowman comes out, and he's not wearing his Monster in the Bank shirt. So right away, Nate and Duncan and everyone else was like, oh, no, he's got new merch. Braun's not wearing his merch. Braun's going to lose. And I'm like, that's what I thought. I literally looked at them. I thought it for a little bit. I looked at them. I thought it. And I said, you guys are working yourself into a shoot. You are playing right into their hands with this. And then the squash match started, and I, I. I was like, come on. Like, this is exactly what they wanted. They wanted you for a split second to actually believe that Owens was going to do – was going to pull this out. And then they just ripped it from your hearts. <laughs> okay. Well, it doesn't It doesn't help that you that, that you yourself were going around saying that there is some theory out there that he could win <laughs> and Paul Heyman could realign himself, could align himself with Kevin Owens. There were Owens. so many so, different theories with that. So, but – but yeah, I, I will say that for a split second, <laughs> when I saw Strom, I was like, I I pieced it together, but I wasn't like panicking. Like no. when I saw it, I was like, I was like, oh damn! I was like, is this a sign? But that was about it. I was kind of just like, okay, right. this match will be no. decent, and then I proceed to laugh my entire way through the match. So as, as yeah, and as far as storytelling, this was very good because you want your money in the bank, dude. To first of all, this was good because it was early in the card. So monster then you monster in the bank, excuse you, monster in the bank. So you have this match early in the card. <laughs> I hate you. You have this match early in the card so that by the time the main event comes, the the actual title match that he can cash in on, then they you forget about the briefcase. That's the hope. No one actually did, but that's that's the planning. So that's everyone knew what was happening. Oh, absolutely. But that's that's the storytelling element. So I'm glad they did that. And then the other element is. I with most money in the bank champions, and I guess this could still be true because things didn't happen the way that they normally. So like normally, money in the bank holders are go on ma- massive losing streaks before they cash in, and so I I mean I guess this does go keep going with the curve because he he didn't lose like he won so he I don't know yeah and then he got. Well, we'll get to that when we get to we'll that. We'll get match, to that but... later. But I to me, Braun Strowman shouldn't do that shouldn't be what Braun Strowman does. He doesn't need to lose up until he wins. He needs to keep winning. Especially because of what he said later, and we'll get to that. But yes. Well, right. I don't I don't think that I don't think WWE's gonna book him as a loser because I mean God, look I what look what look what he's built himself into. I hope not. Like all right. Sports Sports Illustrated did a good article about how he basically made himself the people's champion right now and it it's, it's kind of true. true. There's only one people's champion. And he is my all-time favorite wrestler. And moving on. Braun Strowman needs to know his role and shut his mouth. Anyway. Okay. It was Sports Illustrated who said it. Not I know, him. It was a joke. <laughs> it's it a gimmick. It's a gimmick. All right. The next match was the SmackDown Live women's title match between Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, and the champion Carmella. And the match ended... When Becky Lynch had the disarmor on Carmella, Charlotte came from behind, hit Becky Lynch with the natural selection. One, two, three. Charlotte Flair is your new SmackDown Live women's champion. And this match... And then tell them what happens. Uh, yeah, so... Oh, God, that's right. I actually forgot about this. So, and I'm going to go How into this. It was one of the best moments of SummerSlam. I don't know about that. I enjoyed it because I, I enjoyed, enjoyed it. Becky Lynch. Me too. So, okay. I'll explain my p- thought process too. So, after the match, they hug. Becky's happy for her, blah, blah, blah. But then, like, after they hug and they celebrate, you can just see this look in Becky. Like, and it, you can see the instant that it happens. Becky just goes, 
F this, man. And she turns around and just clocks Charlotte and then just beats her up. So it it, it was it was really good. I'm not going to lie. I missed. For some reason, I, I don't know why. I missed most of the beat up. So I don't know what happened in the beat down. But uh, she sent, she sent, uh, oh, yeah, she threw she over, the Charlotte table. over the announce table. Right, right, right. She stormed, she stormed off. Yes. The and entire crowd went berserk. And Carm- Carmella, not Car- well, Carmella was crying when she lost the belt, but Charlotte <laughs> yeah. was, they, they had to close up on Charlotte after she got tossed over the announce. The crowd was chanting, table, You deserve seeing, it. And she, and she, yeah. And then the, they Charlotte were chanting as Becca, crying, it, yeah, as yeah. Becky was walking out, they were chanting, You deserve it. Cause, she does, and it, like I completely agree. So, and this is supposedly a Becky heel turn, right? <laughs> okay, so here's my thought process with supposed, that. Supposedly. Supposed heel turn because, and, and I'll explain my thought. I do believe she's a heel, but okay. So, <laughs> let me first of all, I was the reason that I kind of forgot about this was because I didn't want it to happen. I don't want Becky to be heel. Nah. Neither do I. I I, I, I would like rather. I don't like this. I think you get a better story and a better match out of a heel Charlotte and a babyface Becky. But oh that, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. But that's beside yeah, the point I because think we talked about this in the prediction. We show did, too. but we have to deal with what we have. We got to play the cards we got. So True. here's my thinking, and I had to calm down Nate because he was freaking out about Becky Lynch being a heel. <laughs> Becky Lynch is not going to come out on Tuesday night and pull some Elias bullcrap. Where she just says, your hometown sucks, you guys smell, your sports team is bad. That's not that's not the kind of heel she's going to be. And she's not going to be a chicken shit heel where she runs away from matches or anything like that. She is going to be a beat you up, I I I deserve this moment, you took this moment away. It's, it's going to be targeted at Charlotte. Like honestly, I think once, if this feud... Or once this feud with Charlotte ends, I think she probably just reverts back to it, back to being a baby. I really think that this you is, think so? I to me, this is her being upset with Charlotte. She had a one-on-one match with, with Carmella, and she knew she could win. And then Charlotte comes in, makes it a triple threat, and then wins the title. And so now I think she comes out on Tuesday and says, you know she'll still be happy. She'll still blah blah blah, and she'll get in the ring, and then she'll be she'll be pissed, and she'll just you know, I deserve that match. I deserve the title. Blah blah blah. I want Charlotte, but Charlotte's gonna have to do her automatic rematch with Carmella. But that I don't think so. I think As- I think this I think this is when we reintroduce Oscar to uh, Carmella. I hope you to keep both of them busy Ooh, for right now. I like that because then you can actually have Oscar win because she doesn't have Ellsworth. I like that. And they, and, and you have a red hot. You do have to. You have to do the Becky rematch. Lynch and Charlotte. You do have to do the rematch, though. Unfortunately, hopefully they just do it on a SmackDown. But anyway, I, I suppose if it's mandatory, yeah. I which it shouldn't be. That's a topic for another. We're gonna talk about that someday because I have some feelings on automatic rematch clauses. But anyway, um, yeah, I to me, I don't believe that Becky is a full blown fu kind of like. Screw everyone, you know, I, I, I really believe, and I think that they can tell the story because the, the SmackDown writers specifically have been showing me that they can actually tell stories lately. They've just now been doing that? They're on and off. We'll say that. That's true. Very true. <laughs> Not wrong. Um, but I believe that they can tell the story more consistent where... consistent than Raw. I'll give them that. A very. The, I believe that they can tell the story of <laughs> Becky Lynch 
still being not still being like the kind of uh, especially she's still an underdog, especially now. But she's she's just pissed at Charlotte, and she's a heel towards it. She doesn't like her anymore. They're not friends, and this is almost what Sasha versus Bailey should have been. This is what Sasha versus Bailey yes, should have 100%. been. One hundred percent, because they it's <laughs> they haven't dragged this out over months, almost a year now of teasing. They haven't. No, it was the simple. Charlotte returned. They planted the seeds that night. Boom, and and I think looking it over. Like I said, I don't want Becky to be heel. I think there's more money in Charlotte being a heel and Becky being a babyface. But I think this can work. I I really do because I think I first of all I think Becky is that good. She'll make it work. And I also believe that hopefully in this I could be proven wrong in two days. But I I believe that the she's not going to be a full blown heel. She's just going to be pissed at Charlotte basically. I mean the way they had. Becky react at the end of the match and everything, and even in the middle of the match where she was going back, we're jawing back and forth with Charlotte because she thought Charlotte smacked her in the back of the head, but it was actually Carmella and everything. So, which, by the way, Carmella played a really good job of being the conniving heel in this match. She just and as far as ring, and as far as ring performances, she's getting better. But I'm still she got carried by two great wrestlers today. That, that, I'm that is, I'm not convinced is, in any way. That, that is very Carmella true. is a that, good wrestler. That is very true, but there still there still needs to be comfort in in a level for the person, you know. Real quick, I'm just gonna add. I'm uh, gonna, I'm gonna jump in there because the, every every time that there was a one on one situation between Carmella and either Becky or Charlotte, the other person was doing more to help Beck or to help Carmella. Like, for example, there are two examples come to mind. There was one where Becky had to get thrown over the top. Like, Carmella's in the corner, and she runs at – Becky runs at Carmella, and Carmella throws her over the top rope. The Carmella, like, missed with one of her arms to throw her over, and Becky had to jump, and then she barely over made it over the rope. She had to push herself over the rope. So she saved that spot. And then later, Charlotte – we have to believe that Carmella can put Charlotte up on the top rope for some reason, but when you look at it, Carmella was not using any str- – it was all Charlotte pushing herself up from the ropes. So, like, I – there's no way in my mind that Carmella's a decent wrestler. Anyway, rant over. I, oh, I didn't continues. say she's a decent wrestler. I just think she's getting – she's, she's better than all. I see what, what you she, mean. What she used to be. I just wanted to voice that opinion. And I liked the suicide dive spot that she had. I don't think – Yeah, that was actually – I, I did I say think, that during the match. That was actually I don't a think we would have seen that three months ago with Carmella. And if we did see it, it would have been the worst. It would have been, it would have been botchamania. It wasn't but, great to begin with, but it, it looked good. It looked good, right. which is a lot better than we could say about most things Carmella did in, in matches before. So anyway. again, credit where credit's due. Carmella from a storyline standpoint, did what she was supposed to do. The heel that's driving a wedge between two friends. She did. So you talk about doing a job. Carmella did what they heal was. She did what she was supposed to do in this match. Because let's be real, no one on this planet legitimately thought Carmella was still walking out of SummerSlam with the um, belt. Um, did you? I don't think you sent. I don't think we sent you the predictions. No. Nate, Duncan, and Josh all had Carmella walking out as champion. I have a lot of questions for. Them, I had Charlotte. I, Char- I had Charlotte. Tom had Becky. That was it. I have a lot of questions. Me but too. Anyways, um, anyway, 
so just getting to how just the dynamics of the match and everything, the way how Carmella played the role of driving the wedge and Becky and Charlotte going back and forth, I can see your point about how they don't want to turn Becky full heel here. Which, because, I mean, the crowd obviously really loves Becky. He, she had an entire section that said, those signs that said Becky's quinoa, which, by the way, <laughs> I don't know if those. I don't know if that I don't know if all those signs were just there to begin with or all of them just conveniently was like, hey guys, let's hold this up when yeah. Becky goes out. And it like, was you amazing. Know, you know, like the like Bailey's hugger section. I don't know if that's just a, a spur of the moment thing or if right. that's like a plan. I don't know. I really want to know because I really want to be it part was great. of those sections. Yeah. It, oh, I, I love it. Um so I can so I part of me feels like WWE realizes this. And they won't turn her full heel. But at the same exact time, if you look at it, the fact that if this was a complete heel turn, which, you know, Bleach Report is is like this, this was a heel turn. Every, you know, wrestling podcast and everything that, I'm looking, that I saw on Twitter and everything was like, he, this is heel Becky. Basically, everyone on Oh damn! This is heel Becky. This isn't just Becky's mad at Charlotte. This is like the they actually turned the person that we did not think would be turned. This is technically this would technically be a swerve here, and I, this was and again we talked about how WWE knew exactly it probably knows exactly what all of us are thinking about the whole yes Dean Ambrose equation. How he's how we all know he's comebacks. He's look he looks jacked. He looks more of a lunatic. We all know, everyone and their grandma knows, you know, people who don't even watch the WWE could, could watch it now and be like, he's about to be the bad guy. We all know it for Dean Ambrose. I guarantee you that's exactly what they thought with this match. They're like, ah, okay. You all think Charlotte's going to, I mean, she calls Becky the chance, but you all think it's Charlotte's just going to come out and be the heel. But no, let's have her be sympathetic and say, I'm sorry and everything, you know, because she, when she went to go for that go uh i can't remember what move what spot it was but beforehand she's she hesitated and said told becky she she's sorry and everything and then wwe she's like nah you thought charlotte was going to be the heel never mind <laughs> now i think and you mentioned a, a, an interesting point about smackdown we won't really know about this we won't know about it this week i'm telling you that right now because it's hard to gauge it coming out of the brooklyn crowd because you know, Brooklyn's one of the is, is a very hot crowd. You know, it's one of the main one of the one of the main big crowds that are very vocal whenever whenever WWE travels to them. You know, it's it's them, Chicago, Orlando, the UK, even oh, so you can't so you can't Canada so you can't really we can't really say even though everyone's saying oh this is heel back this is heel back think we'll know. Until next week, because the WWE's in Brooklyn all week this week. Yep, Barclays Center for yeah. They'll be at the exact four straight shows. They'll be at the exact same yeah. arena, the exact same place. Come SmackDown Live. Now in the weeks following, that's when we'll know, yeah. and we'll either know by crowd reaction or how they decide to utilize Becky Lynch at that point. That's when we'll know, because Becky Lynch could be spewing all kind of stuff on Tuesday 
and they'll still cheer, cheer for her because that exact same crowd, for the most part, saw her essentially get screwed over by Charlotte. Yep. So as far as Brooklyn is concerned, Charlotte is the heel here. Where WWE is trying might be trying to make Becky Lynch the heel. Me personally, I think this was a heel turn. We it just didn't get its effect because it's Brooklyn. And I think WWE, even though I think they tried to play play this off as a heel turn, I think this was a masterful job because they realized that this crowd was very hot for Becky. Yeah. And it's still gonna be hot for Becky come SmackDown Live tomorrow. You know, the weeks following. We'll see what happens. At that point, I think now that I think that, that the crowd's hands for the most part, because we know how WWE crowds can get. But since it's out of their hands, then we'll get to see how creative book books Becky Lynch and everything. Because I don't, like I said, I don't think it really matters how they book her, how they write her come tomorrow. She is still going to get cheered like crazy. And Charlotte is going to get booed out the Barclays Center because of what happened. And I, honestly, I think that's going to continue if this feud, or when this feud continues. I, it, I, it, it, it very, it very well could. And then WWE's back them. They, they could pull what they did with Nia Jax, except they'll oh, be God. perfectly okay. You know what I mean? Where yeah. she was a face and then a heel, and all of a sudden she's a face again. Just reminding but, me of it. <laughs> but in this case, it works because yes. you try to play the thing was like, oh well, Becky's supposed to be the heel, but then everybody is probably seeing it the way how you see it. And they're just like, oh, no, it's not really so much a heel turn. It's frustration boiling over. And even to me, so, I mean, if- Becky Becky is so good and she's so over with even these big crowds. It, Like, to your point, yeah, she's going to get cheered in Brooklyn again this week. But even next week and the week after that and the week after that, to me, even if they turn her full-blown heel, she's still going to be an Elias. She's still going to be in an Undisputed Era where she she'll come out. And she's gonna get cheered like crazy until she says something bad or you know does something bad. Then she might get booed a little. And but, it's interesting you. And it's interesting you say undisputed era because they don't because the undisputed era from what from what I watch. And again, I'll, I'll openly admit I don't watch a lot of NXT, so I can't admit. I know <laughs> I know I should, but I will openly admit I don't watch as I watch more NXT and I follow it more than two hundred five live. That much I'll say. That's fair, but. The Undisputed Era, they're technically the heels. Yep. Technically. But you never really see them having that negative interaction. People love them. With uh, with, with the crowd. Yep. Whereas Elias is like, he's over, but then he goes and insults them. The Undisputed Era, storyline-wise, they're supposed to be the heels. They are heels. They're, like, they cheat to win. They they run away, right. that kind of stuff. But they never... Right. Storyline-wise, yeah. they, are, they are written and they perform like heels. But people... Love them, and that's what I think Becky Lynch would be. So, I and that and that would make perfect sense. We'll see, that, yeah. and we'll see what happens because I mean I think they're committed to having Charlotte as a face here. Yeah, and we'll talk uh, about it come Wednesday because starting Wednesday yeah. we're going to be doing wrestling Wednesdays. Wrestling Wednesdays, where we're going to kind of go through Raw and SmackDown, the big storylines. I am very, I I am going to be very intrigued. Yes. I'm going to be very excited to do that show because of the different storyline elements following SummerSlam, yeah. this is the biggest one in my opinion. Also, and this is absolutely the biggest one. I think there's a possibilities of NXT call-ups to, to, uh, in the next few days, tonight and tomorrow. I so. would cry. Uh, my three guesses, I'm going to say them now. EC3, um, 
Shayna Baszler, and Johnny Gargano. Who reportedly, who supposedly dislocated his kayfabe. name. Kayfabe. Kayfabe dislocated it, his name. Probably. Anyway. I, I figured it was a kayfabe, but would they um, really call him up right away? I, right. If he dislo- if he supposedly storyline dislocated his knee, what's he going to do? Speed down the ramp all of a sudden? No, I'm healed. Right. I'm Deadpool. I could have healed right For real. Um, all right. See. We got to continue because we still have six more matches. Good Lord. Yeah. So we should try to at least at least the the Finn Balor match and the U.S. title match, we should try to go really quickly through. Okay. But uh, so this one, this one, we don't have to spend too much time on either because this one's pretty. I don't know. So Samoa Joe taking on AJ Styles for the WWE Championship, and Samoa Joe won via disqualification after a very good match, I should say. This match was better than Shin- any Shinsuke versus AJ match in my mind. And uh, uh, yeah, easily. <laughs> so, and it's, we'll just talk about how the match ended because that's basically all that's important. So, uh, Joe was beating up AJ on the outside. He threw him into the barricade, the table, and then he threw him in the steps. And then he got up on the announce table and he's standing there with a microphone and he looked at Wendy Styles, AJ's wife, which the storyline has kind of been around. And he he who said, has his kid, by the way? Who, like, yeah, the, kid, who, the, the daughter I, was there. I think it's the youngest daughter the was youngest daughter was there, with the yeah. wife standing in the crowd. Where everyone can see her, she was definitely planted there just for that match. But that's beside the point. And Joe stood up on the on the, <laughs> the announce table. This is great. This oh, was probably this, this was so my favorite much. part of SummerSlam, I think, because he stood up on the on the, on the ring, jeez, the announce table, and he said, "Well, by the looks of it, AJ's too beat up. He probably won't be making it home. He he might still be champion, but he won't be coming home to to his family. So you know what." You know what, Wendy? That's okay because now I'm your daddy, and the crowd. W- oh my god! Even all of us watching at Duncan's, we were all freaking out like, "Oh my god!" He actually just said I that. I lost my, I lost my mind. It was I, amazing. I, I was like he went there, and then a crate. And this is beautiful story because AJ's babyface storyline is that he's very valiant, whatever, blah blah blah. But he has a, he has a temperament, and he can lose his temper sometimes. This was perfect because he completely lost it like johnny gargano level lost it and he attacked uh, he he tackled samoa joe off the announce table into the ring place he's hitting him blah 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 he's hitting him punching punching grabs a chair and finally hits him with the chair for the dq finish and then just keeps hitting him and hitting him and hitting him and his wife is looking at aj like hey like stop like quit it and at one point two aj yells I don't remember what it was, but I, I know he said a swear word or something, and he he cussed, and he's he just keeps beating up Samoa Joe with this, and the wife looked legitimately like kind of scared at one point, and the child I don't know how they did, but the child looked legitimately scared. The I think, child was a damn star. Yeah, the child sold give this, this perfectly. Give this kid an Emmy. Give this kid an. That's how you know that is the, that is the the child of a wrestling of superstar. The phenomenal they, AJ Styles. They sell. The hell out of this And then, one. so, so, okay, Joe's down at the ground. The, the officials are looking at him, whatever. AJ climbs the barricade and goes to his wife and child. And he tries to pick up his child, be like, okay, yeah, I won. Look at me. And the child was, like, scared of AJ. She was like, nope, I don't want, nope, I don't want you to go back was, to mom. I think, that was, I think that was just because she saw blood, I think. I think, see, that's what I thought, too. But to me, and this was what Tom was trying to tell me. I don't know. They'll they'll probably turn this into storyline where the daughter was legitimately scared of AJ and was like, "You just beat up a man. 
You said some really bad words. Like, I'm legitimately frightened of you, like, right now. Like, I I don't know if that's what they meant. Honestly, when I first saw it, I thought, it. oh, he's sweaty and he's bloody. The kid doesn't want to be there. That's fine. Yeah, I, that, that's exactly what I thought it was, too. That, yeah, that's what was, I yeah. – Because Wendy, AJ Styles' wife, it wasn't like she hesitated to give the daughter over. She oh, was no. Just like, she was just like, hey – she was like, here, here. Like, she was like, like here, here's daddy, right. you know. But it, you know, it, it could but, be – what they could turn it into and maybe what they plan to, I don't know. But they – what they could turn it into is – the kid a- AJ went too far and he looked like a monster to his child. So I, it was a really good angle. And like I said, really good match beforehand. A lot of good spots. Joe teased the muscle buster. AJ hit a nasty looking, almost botched AJ or styles clash. Um, and got a near fall off of that. But other than that, there were a lot of good spots. Great match between the two. Like it should have been. Um, but yeah, if they do what they speculate, they might do then that already adds to what storyline-wise and even in-ring-wise is so beautifully done. Yes. It is a work of... It, it was. It is, it is definitely a continuation of all the battles that they've had throughout their career, you know, in TNA, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it, one, both of these two men still have it, obviously. Two, storyline wise and in ring performance wise, I want somebody to find me a better feud right now in the main roster. Um, and, le- and, le- and legitimately give me exact reasoning as to how it could, it could, even, it could match on both a storyline aspect and an in ring aspect. Um, maybe, the, maybe, um, the match after this one. Yes, I was gonna say that <laughs> that one that one could be the very next best thing, but this one was so beautifully done. I loved every moment of it. There was storyline in the in the match itself from the yes. from the in ring aspect. Obviously, the storyline with the promos and everything. It was great. It. I loved this match. I don't know what what else to say. You know. I think we all know Joe's going to get the belt eventually. I think at some point down the road. Maybe down the road eventually. I, and then I think at that point it's just a matter. I think at that point, and we can talk about this when or if it comes. What what to do with AJ Styles at that point? You know, but oh my lord, I loved this match. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. It, I felt emotions watching this match, and it all culminated with the Samoa Joe. I'll I'll be your daddy now. This match, oh, I. This match might have been was just basically a microcosm of how I felt all night. Yeah. So I'll leave it at that. This match was beautiful. It set up the next. It set up the next story arc for this beautiful. It was great. This match was so good. I'll talk and about I it. Have, oh, sorry. Keep going. I was going to say, and I have a funny feeling I'm going to say the exact same thing about the next match, because I probably will, but this was so good. Um, That's all I have to say. I'll talk about it during Wrestling Wednesdays, because I'm interested to see what happens on Tuesday, but my what I want to see happen is not to have this rematch right away, and I what I really want to happen is have I want Miz inserted inserted into the main title picture. I want him to take the title and then Joe and Styles can feud just feud, just blood feud. 
but that that's hey, a, that, I'm okay. I'm okay with fight yeah. forever between these two. At oh, this absolutely. Point. And it's, but yeah, that's that's a discussion. I'll I'll talk about that on Wednesday. Um. Yeah. So the next match, by far the best storyline on the main roster. Um, for the last eight years, I I would argue it's the best storyline in wrestling. And yes, I do think it's better than Johnny and Champa only because. And it, I shouldn't say that. So it's. Do you think it's better than everything that's happening in New Japan? I honestly don't know much about New Japan. Fair enough. Um, I don't either. I just thought I'd ask. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. No, because so it's not a WWE told story. <laughs> like they stumbled onto this. Like they stumbled onto Miz being his pro, and then that's his first main title victory, and then that's his first title win, and. Blah blah blah. They and then the talking smack stuff, and then the stealing the move. Like obviously they wanted to do something with that. Like that's just getting Miz heel heat. But then Daniel comes back, and now they actually want to do this match. They stumbled onto this story, so it's not. I'm yeah, not. They don't think I'm giving WWE credit for the best story ever told. They stumbled. They lucked into this storyline hardcore because we saw with the month build that they had. I don't think they could have written this. <laughs> They, no. didn't, they didn't do the best storytelling that they did for this match was promos about what has happened in the past. <laughs> but anyway, I will say that if this, if this was happening on a raw, I think the writers would have found some way to botch this one. They almost did. Honestly, they, they almost did. The baby stuff have, was terrible. But anyway, I think I think I think that was just for the sake. I think that was just Ms. And Mrs. Promo. I don't think Which, that was that. I, that I think yes, that, was, that stuff almost that killed the, the only. Right. I think the writers trying to get publicity from pop culture standpoint almost killed it. But SmackDown writers, as we both said in the show earlier, typically do a much better job than Raw writers. So I I have. So considering with these two, I wasn't worried. I wasn't very worried about the writers on this case. So this match was very competitive. Obviously, it was a great Mm -hmm. match. Uh, Both of these guys are fantastic at this point in their careers. They're the same age. We looked this up. Uh, Miz is a few months older than Daniel, but they are the same age. Interesting fact. And so the end of this match saw Daniel fairly, like, fairly close to victory, but then Miz ended up on the outside. Like, Daniel pushed him into the um, into the barricade. barricade where Maurice was sitting ringside with the Monroe Sky. And Maurice... Oh, went to wipe off some some snot and some sweat from Miz. And, oh, what's that with her other hand? She just gave Miz something. What? And he threw Daniel back in the ring. Or Daniel kept attacking him, blah, blah, blah. Daniel was on the ring apron, I believe. And then I think the ref got distracted. Whatever. The Or, no, it wasn't even that. I thought, just, I thought it was Daniel went for a suicide yeah, dive. Yeah, Daniel went for Miz a suicide dive. Cold or, clocked him or with just, brass knuckles. Yeah, he just went to grab him because Miz was still outside the ring and Daniel was in the ring. He grabbed and cold clocked him with what turned out to be brass knuckles that Maurice gave him. And he clocked him with that, and Daniel was just out in the middle of the ring. And then that's when Miz kind of stumbled back to the barricade, gave her back the brass knuckles so that he didn't get caught, went in the ring, pin one, two, three. This was perfect. Like I said, uh, okay, so I, I think, I'm pretty sure on the podcast I said that Daniel needs to win this. <laughs> I did too, yeah. I said Daniel needed and, this bad. And I will admit that I changed my pick. Miz was my pick because it just, it makes so much more sense. I don't know what I was thinking, honestly, with the, with that with that Daniel pick. Like, I guess in my mind, having Daniel win clean right away 
sets up Miz having to cheat the second time. But this Daniel winning now, or Miz winning now, cheating now, sets up more of a baby face overcoming the odds type of thing. So that, that just makes more sense. And we still don't know the contract statics of Daniel Bryan. Nothing has been announced. And Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Wait, did something get yeah, announced? We, no, no, but come on. You have you have the heel find a way to find a way to just sneak his way past this one. They the could, way they, in, the they way could they very introduce... easily have done that just to get Miz over and still protect uh, Daniel. Y- yes, yes, but still, there, there's too many signs here. And then I'll get back to the match. Well, because too many, I don't know. There's too many signs here that are pointing to the fact that. Oh yeah, I don't that, think he's going anywhere. Both that that, but it's, that both sides are getting so much closer to a deal. If anything, there's already a deal that that we might, in principle, that they've agreed to that we just don't know about. But there's too many signs between the WWE showcase and everything. True. Between between the way how they kind of introduced Maurice in the beginning of the match, which I will say, when she went when he went over and kissed Maurice and everything. In the back of my mind, I was just like, Maurice is playing a factor in this. I was like, I oh was like, yeah, he, easy. I was like, she has got to, oh, and I'm kind of glad that came to fruition. Yeah, and great. And then, and then in the, and then at the end when they had the little backstage segment with, with Bree talking to uh, <laughs> to Daniel and everything about how about how at, she said at one point your main goal was just to get back into a ring. You've already done that. Now you have to do this. Blah blah. blah. You have to continue to fight for your dreams. All that stuff. There are too many signs pointing to the fact that they're going to get a deal done in rel- yeah. and pretty quickly. I, I think know. at this, I think at this point, it would not surprise me if they've already had a deal agreed in principle, or they would have already, they or already announced been it. signed. Maybe I guess they could do it. Maybe they would have. I think they would have announced Maybe. it today. Like especially I, if they would have had it done before SmackDown, and you announce it before, if you announce it before SummerSlam, but, then that puts. Doubts in but, people's mind. Yes, but hear me out. They still can. Because this is why I think, in the back of my mind, I'm going to put my little tinfoil. Actually, no, this isn't a conspiracy theory. Forget that. I'm not, I'm not going to use conspiracy theory. This, this, is, this is just a regular theory, which I, which I 90% fully believe in at this point. Part of me feels that at some point they've had a deal agreed to in principle Meaning that they they're like okay yeah we're gonna do this but we still don't have everything really fully you know done we haven't fully agreed on everything I think in the I think in the previous few weeks that agreement got closer to a sure thing like a sure thing agreement and everything to the point where I would say like the deal was pretty much damn near done but they like this suspense they like the fact that everyone um. writers fans everyone do like they're like his his contract expires in a couple weeks we don't know they have planted every seed imaginable and i and i honestly it would not surprise me if they've somehow somehow found a way to keep this from from dirt sheets and everything and then just added no it was like oh hey by the way he resigns so i did see an article on bleacher report today <laughs> That the negotiations have or are slow because Daniel has his own personal lawyer involved with this. <laughs> like, I'm sure probably saying like, hey, if I resign, you can't just unclear me 
and then make me a general manager or something again. Like this is I'm here to wrestle, so you have to let me wrestle. Blah blah blah. Like he has right. his he and has yeah, his I own think... lawyer involved, so that's why right. apparently that's why negotiations have been slow. But yeah, and they and... still have eleven days. So right. like and, I don't, yeah, and, they're not going to rush into something like that. Right. Again, that's what I'm saying. It's an like it was. This was a, just a, an agreement. They probably have an agreement in principle. There's still you know right. things they have to iron out. And but anyway, that's and, and those that, are details and, that we can talk about some other time. Right. Right. But as far as the match was concerned, because I do think he's going to resign. I kind of already think he might have already have. But if he hasn't. I think he's he is going to resign. Yes. This is a we talk about I already talked about how much I love the storyline element to the Samoa Joe AJ Styles yeah. uh, feud. Copy and paste copy and paste my exact statements there and insert that here. They I th- I thought there wasn't really any real way that they could continue this and they proved me wrong oh, and I it was know. the best way they could have. The Miz somehow sneaks his way through victory goes around saying i told you so i told you so still saying like i beat you i pinned you and everything and all of yeah. that now the brass knuckle thing comes in and you know what this means the payoff that we both thought would have should have happened here is going to happen further down the line and it's probably going to have a much more resounding effect than it would have had it happen tonight or sunday yes now here's my only fear WWE have this fun thing, and they've even been doing this in NXT lately. They have this fun little tendency where they do all of the matches right in a row. And if if they do that with Miz and Bryan, even if they even if they do the second one and not the third one right away, that's still bad. Like this this feud needs to take a break right now. Still, you think so? Still be on I the think... back burner like it always has been. Still, Miz can still kind of take shots at Brian. He can still use his moves, blah, blah, blah. But they, this is why I think Miz needs to go into the WWE Championship because he can go on to SmackDown this week and say, I just beat Daniel Bryan. I deserve a title shot. And and then you keep them separate. Daniel Bryan can go feud with Shinsuke Nakamura. Honestly, that's what I want to happen. I mean, I did call that. You did but exactly. I, but I also you called that, and I think that's victory. I think that's perfect. They can go their separate ways. Like honestly, Miz can Daniel can come out and say, "Hey, Miz, what the hell? I want my rematch." But and then Shinsuke can Kinshasa him in the back of the head, and then that sets up that. Few, and then Miz can be like, "All right, you can deal with him. I want to. I want the WWE Championship." They can do their separate ways, and then whatever. But I don't want these matches to happen right away. I especially, obviously, I don't want them to happen one, two, three. If that happens, this feud will be a disappointment, a huge disappointment. I don't care how the matches go. They need this. I don't care if the second one is on a Monday Night Raw in the middle of February, but the last one needs to be at WrestleMania this year. I can see your point. And on one side, part of me thinks that this is a feud that could get away with this, with them just streamlining this. But at Hell in a Cell, and then what is even the next one after that? Survivor Series. Which is a big four. But, Survivor Series is a big four pay-per-view, though. But it's so it's like the fourth big four. <laughs> it is the fourth big four. It's the least it, it, out of it, the four. It, it is the fourth I big four. I would rather, but... if they're really going to do that... I would rather them tie at one of at one of those two and then finish it at Royal Rumble, or it needs to culminate at WrestleMania. There's no other way to do it. Yes, but 
the thing is, and as much as we just gave credit to to SmackDown writers, <laughs> they've they've booked themselves somewhat into a corner here. Where again, I think this feud can, will be could is one of those feuds with these two where there's enough backstory and everything. Where if they felt the need to streamline this feud, they could, and then they could break off. Daniel Bryan goes on Shinsuke. The Miz enters the championship picture, which he has been due for the past couple years now, in my opinion. The Miz has deserved the world title opportunity. And then they'll be fine. But here's but the, thing. the thing. is, I, I don't think they'll do that because I think they're about to streamline the hell out of AJ, out of AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. So you have to find I don't necessarily think to that keep, either. I, I, think, I think they will, given how much blood how much even well, you talk about a, a blood feud that's turned into a blood feud that just so happens to have a, the crown jewel at stake they could I yeah that's what i'm thinking if aj I drops the title i'd rather they do that and then streamline the joe thing right but i think <clears throat> the way they've set up the next arc for the for the aj joe feud you're going to see two three maybe even a four start to get going right away yeah and as, that's as fine as sell. but and while that happens what do you do with the Miz? Because you can't just insert him into a blood feud like that. You have to really try to get creative. No, yeah, give him what the title and then have Joe have Joe cost AJ the title. And, but still, how do you introduce the Miz into this into what has already been a very like I, personal feud? Like I said, you don't have to introduce him into the feud. Just the title picture. Have him go out and say, "I deserve a title match. Give me." And then he gets a number one contendership match, maybe with Samoa Joe. And then AJ comes out. And attacks Joe or something. It costs Joe the match. I don't. I, I I can see what you mean, but I just don't think that's going to happen because I think that I think they're going to have AJ and Joe laser focused on each other. I guess which leaves which leaves which is unfortunate for me because I can see exactly what you mean, but there is just no room for him the way they the storyline wise for that feud. Then my. Then my fear is, what do you do with the Miz in the meantime? Because he will get his world title shot. And then what do you do with Daniel Bryan? Ooh, move you can kind of just you, one of them's got to go, but you got to. They but, don't do shakeups after survives. I don't know. Here's they, they, here's my final thing on this. Um, <laughs> shoot, now I lost it. <laughs> um, culminate WrestleMania. Well, yeah. Uh, because I do agree with you on that. I oh, do oh, think oh, okay, that, okay. I do think that this needs to end at Mania. Here's the thing: we, uh, we, as much as we do crap on the SmackDown writers, sometimes like we we give them credit, but they also kind of almost botched this storyline. We did learn that before, even when Brian was hurt. Obviously, they didn't know they were setting up a, a actual match, but when he was hurt, and then even when he came back, and he didn't start feuding with Miz right away. There was still seeds everywhere. Like, Miz was still taking shots at him. Miz was interviewing his opponents. But you can still... I believe that they can still tell a story while they're apart. I'm confident that they can do that because they have done it. So I think if they do... I think they should separate. They shouldn't have a match until probably Royal Rumble, I think. Or even... Whatever. They shouldn't have one the rest of this year. They should not have a one-on-one match. They they need to separate, but still have those seeds planted. Like maybe cost a match here and there, but st- but be feuding with other people at the same time. I just worry that the writers, since they stumbled upon this and everything, how they almost botched it. Hmm. I just worry that if this becomes 
elongated, which it rightfully should, because as we both agree, this needs to culminate to and end definitively at WrestleMania one way or the other. Yes. I just, I worry that the writers are going to be like, oh yeah. So we, so we accidentally stumbled upon, or maybe we subtly, if, if, if we did intend on it, we subtly planted seeds about Daniel Bryan versus The Miz. But I think if they intentionally try to do that now, I think, I fear that it becomes watered down. And what, and what turned out to be one of the best feuds, if not the best feud in the WWE, will become watered down to the point where when it does get to WrestleMania, it just, I don't want to say we don't care about it because we still will, but it loses that it loses that bite to it. That's the one thing I hope the writers don't do. They don't they don't try to force feed every hint they possibly can while keeping these two away. Because I mean, if they if they almost messed it up trying to promo Miz and Misses, they could mess this one up too. Trying to be like, Oh hey, Just... remember, they still hate each other. Like they've gotta find a way to if they're gonna keep them away. They gotta keep them away for quite a bit. Like, yeah. There, need, there just needs to be no subtle hints at all Damn. until until Royal Rumble. Yeah, and I believe that they could do that. Um, I hope so. Honestly, just hire whoever wrote the Champa Gargano feud and just have them do it because that's been just have Triple H run the damn show. That's been <laughs> a, a pretty much a two-year feud. That's just been done perfect, perfect. Perfectly. But anyway, we're going to continue. Have Triple H run SmackDown. That's how you fix that. Have Triple H run the company. Um, Right. We still have four matches left. We'll do these next two really quickly. Finn Balor versus Baron Corbin. Finn Balor was not advertised as the demon, but he came out as the demon. Huge crowd reaction when his demon music started hitting and then the smoke started going out. Huge crowd reaction. And rightfully so, this match only went a minute and 35 seconds. Balor completely squashed Corbin because Corbin Corbin sold this perfectly where he was scared out of his boots for the demon. And, you know, Finn just hit his, his comeback, basically. <laughs> he started the match with a comeback saved. And he hit he hit a sling blade. He hit a few he hit a few matches like outside of the ring. And then he hit the the drop kick into the turnbuckle. And then he hit the coup de gras to win it simple as that this was great because like i like i had uh predicted i think that this is this this past year or so since finn valor has come back from injury this has been him auditioning to say hey i can actually handle this main roster me dislocating my arm that was just a fluke like i can actually handle this i can be so this is them now reestablishing him as a legitimate threat and reestablishing him as an actual person on the roster. And now he's going to be able to do the demon gimmick again because now we remember about it. But, yeah, I think they're going to reinsert him, and he's going to be a legitimate dude on the on Monday Night Raw. Uh, I'm glad that they brought back the demon gimmick, you know, one year. Or was it a year ago? No, it's he was, it was a little a less than a year because it was TLC last year against AJ. Right, right. Uh, but I'm, but a couple years ago or so now, I'm glad they brought it back from the very first place where it made its actual competition debut on the main roster. I'm glad they brought it back. Right. From there, uh, number two, literally when when it, when it went all black and there's no music, I kind of like had butterflies in my stomach, and then when I hit the dirt, 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 I literally like screamed. We in my freaked house. out. Yeah, we, uh, we I were yelling. Sque- 
I screamed. My parents who went with it, like trying to figure out what was going on with me. When the music hit and when he came out with the face paint, literally tears were almost in my eyes. I was face geeking out. Great. I was geeking out so hard. I probably looked like a six-year-old girl, but I did not care. We were, we were trying to figure out who painted him. Uh, our guest was Jeff Hardy. Prob- probably. Because usually find- it was Enzo, but obviously Enzo's not there anymore. So I think, I right. think it I was mean, Jeff it Hardy could, probably. It, it could have been someone. I like how they had the whole venom aspect to it, and how he kept having his yeah. tongue out and yeah. everything. So I really like that. Oh, that's uh, why he kept having his tongue out. Yep. We were all really uh, confused about that, but that makes sense. Venom. Yeah. Venom. Uh, Which, by the way, things on his on his hands too. Like that was a straight call out of Venom. Since you mentioned Venom, perfect subtlety and storytelling with the Johnny Gargano thing yesterday because he came out in red and blue and like. Kind of like Spiderweb type of thing. Like he was Spider-Man. Yeah. I'm this pr- plucky little hero. But his winky face logo was Looks Venom like... face on his thing. Yeah. So like I'm this plucky baby face superhero, but I'm being overcome with this darkness. Freaking beautiful. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. I had but, to say uh, that. Yeah, so Balor comes back. Um, I almost cry. And <laughs> this literally this match – this could have gone 10 seconds and I would have been okay. All I'll say. We knew you know it was going to be put a squash as soon as it started. Put, yeah. put it this way. I've already explained how I felt when Min Valley came. If you want further explanation, look at first round chaos, Twitter page and everything like that. Yeah. I went ballistic yeah, when did. demon thing came out, because let me just explain to you and then we to everybody here and then we can move on to the next match. I don't, I don't think I could put into words how much, I love Finn Balor, but I really can't put in the words how much I absolutely adore and love everything about Demon Finn Balor. It's reached the point where I've been trying to find somebody in the theater department at Whitewater to hold, who's a theater major to do to do, who knows how to do body paint, so I could potentially have a costume ready to go on Halloween. I love Demon Finn. Welcome back. Hashtag free the demon. Demons freed. Let's go. It's time to push Finn Balor the way he rightfully should be. Let's go. I'm I'm very excited. They'll there. probably just turn him heel and botch him. It, I'll cry and not the good <laughs> cry. And not the good cry. Shinsuke Nakamura next defended his U.S. title against Jeff Hardy. And successfully, I might add. And this... We'll go through this one quickly because there wasn't too much to it. No interference from Randy Orton during the match. The The turning point of the match, slow, very slow match. This was the match that I was talking about. Very slow and just disappointing. Like it, like it was a di- like I said, there was a couple spots, and I'll get to that in a second. There were a couple spots that were pretty good. But other than that, it was a very slow, like underwhelming match. But the big, the big spot at the end of the match was Jeff Hardy was going for a swanton bomb, and uh, uh, Nakamura rolled out of the ring to the ring apron, and then Jeff was like, okay, I'll still do the swanton bomb. He went for the swanton bomb on the uh, apron. Nakamura moved, and Jeff Hardy landed straight on his back and his neck, honestly. Like, he... He almost, it almost was. Terrible. It was a nasty. It was a oh, nasty. Oh, it was almost bump. bad. But he, he basically just landed back first on the apron, and then Shinsuke. I, I didn't like it because Shinsuke hit him with something like on the outside of the ring, and then threw him in the ring and did something, 
and then hit a Kinshasa to win the match, to me that needed to be, oh, he really just hurt his back. Throw him in the ba- throw him in the ring. Kinshasa to the back of the head. Pin one two three. Like it needed to be quicker than that. Yeah. Um, to, they dragged it out, and th- like I said, this match was slow. Under and then after the match, Randy Orton, his music hits. He comes down to the ring with an unconscious Jeff Hardy. Doesn't even go into the ring. He just he stops at the ring apron. And he goes eh, and he turns around and leaves. I thought that was perfect, by the way, because the crowd wanted to see Randy beat up Jeff. But then he so he was like, oh, you want to see me do it? I'm a heel. I don't want you to be happy. It was fantastic. Right. But like I said, very underwhelming match. I'm very happy that Shinsuke won and he retained. He's still U.S. champion and he's still my favorite. Uh, we all knew Shinsuke was going to retain, so let's, I mean, let's let, let's 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 all not pretend like there. This was actually really going to be a position where the belt was going to flip, uh, change hands. Hardy did that Swanton bomb spot the safest he possibly could while still making it look really nasty, which looked good. But I mean, at the same time, even though he did it as safely as he possibly could, and again, I had to consult wrestling Twitter, and by consult, I mean I had to look through everything to be like, was that like, was he okay? And then it was, and, it, and even all the writers were just like, they were just like, Hardy probably did. That was the safest swanton he probably could have ever done, and well, he and still he, made, and he still made it look lethal. Oh, yeah. And he got up um, after the match; he was standing and clapping and stuff. So he he looked right. Funny. So I mean, right. So I mean, he did that the safest way he possibly could, and still sold it to look like he basically broke himself in half. Right. A la every single Jeff Hardy match in his career. Right. <laughs> um, the the Orton feud is lurking around the corner literally and figuratively in the form of Orton what he did in SmackDown previously uh, last week and tonight where he came or Sunday rather where he came looked and then turned away literally everything we expected to happen minus a Randy Orton RKO in the middle of the match happens right so that's that's pretty much what that's pretty much what this match was everything that we all should have expected to happen happened yep nothing to see here we know what's happening we just need to know who is going to be the next opponent for against shinsuke because there aren't really a whole bunch of mid-card baby faces on smackdown as there are on raw moving on idea ideally yes and ideally yes but we already know the aiden english thing is happening with which never mind which leaves daniel bryan ideally he's the perfect candidate he thinks he's the only candidate really yeah, because who's the only well because we'll talk about it hopefully they set something up on smackdown so we'll talk about it on wednesday they really have to I they don't have a choice they now, don't they, they have to. oh my goodness i'm looking at the times for these next two matches and i didn't realize how short they actually were anyway so the the second to last match the 12th match of the night you could tell the crowd was dead um, but they were still ready for this but one. they were still you could tell they were tired but they were still going they they were powering through it. I I was proud of the crowd. Oh, they powered through the entire show. They, Brooklyn I'm gonna it. get to the crowd uh, during the next match. But Ronda versus Alexa for the Raw Women's Championship. This went four minutes, it, rightly so. This was Ronda just dominating Alexa really. And I love the spot at the beginning of the match where where Alexa or Ronda was in the middle of the ring and she was just like, you know what, fine. And she sat down and she put her arms out and she was like, come on, you come in. I'll give you a head start. You know, like. Like in actual wrestling, like in high school wrestling, when someone goes out of the ring, yeah, you have to start. You have to start with someone else getting the advantage. Um, 
and that's what did. And then, so she's standing there in the middle of the ring, like meditating almost with her eyes closed. Rhonda is. And then Alexa's like, oh, okay, I guess I'll just go in. She goes in there, puts a chokehold on Rhonda, and Rhonda doesn't even flinch. She's just like, okay, I'm taking it. Stands up with Alexa, finally takes her up, hits her with one of whatever her judo throw backwards is. And, and then that weird Samoan drop twisting spin. Right. Yeah, it's super they weird. They need a name for that. They yeah. need a name for that. They need the name removed. I don't I know agree. what to call it. But then, yeah, then another judo throw and all that. And then she used her arm, a weird kind of arm bar with, and that, like, they did a weird arm bar to do the spot that I called was going to happen with Alexa's arm where it, like, pops out kind of backwards and it looks like it's broken. And then after that spot, they did the action, Ronda's actual arm bar. She's like, you ready for a new Raw Women's Champ? And then put the and then she supposedly popped the arm back in the socket, elbowing it so that and... she could break it basically with the arm bar. And Alexa tapped out in four minutes. Ronda's the new champion. And what I hated about the end of this match, and this this was the match that was underwhelming to me, like that had the most hype and was very underwhelming. It looked a little sloppy at times, and it wasn't Ronda's best performance, to be honest. Uh, which I thought it, I thought it was going to be. I thought, and maybe that's, maybe I think Alexa's better than she actually is. But that, anyway, Ronda was due one meh. Right, I agree. And it, it, I can't bash her. Like it was still good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back and watch both NXT and SummerSlam tomorrow because I have the day off and I can. But anyway, um, I, I didn't like at the end of this match when Natty went in the ring and that was fine because she came out with her and she didn't interfere. So props to them. She was only out there for to get that recognition because she just came back right to get the recognition for 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 the anvil and you know and and to celebrate with ronda and then the bella twins also came in the ring which is weird because they booed the hell out of them the yeah well duh and because they haven't been there in a while and they're reality stars now but the rumored match for evolution is ronda versus nikki bella so like, why? why was Nikki in there celebrating with Ronda? That doesn't. I don't know. That didn't make any sense to me. You mean to tell me Nikki and congratulations, Ronda Rousey, you've retained the belt at Evolution? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I, it's whatever. Wow. I wait. I hope that that match. I hope that. Well, the other match that was confirmed, Trish and Alexa. Trish versus Alexa Bliss. Oh my God, that's going to be great. Anyway, get ready. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> might need to keep an eye on me that match. My heart might combust I, yeah, of joy. I, that's going to be so. Great. So, but any, that's all I have on this match. It was good. Could have been better. Yay for Ronda. We'll have to see where she goes from here. Uh, the, the match did its job. I mean, <laughs> yeah. did, did, Honestly. did anyone really think Alexa Bliss was going to walk out as still Raw Women's Champion? The answer most likely no we all knew this was happening we they weren't going to kill off rousey's streak this soon uh, it's, it's it's a big pay-per-view they're not going to have her show up at SummerSlam, you know and then lose right it we knew this was going to happen now the only question is what's going to be the build for her going forward is she how how frequently is she going to compete on raw now that she has competed on raw you know, if it is Nikki versus Rousey, how soon are they going to build that? And then yeah. on the flip side, what are they going to do with Alexa Bliss? Are they going to immediately to the Trish Stratus fight? Or are they going to find something to keep her busy? Those are the only questions I really have here. But we 
all saw this coming. Yeah, I agree. I am happy because, of course, the, the yeah, I'm happy the, for Ronda. Right, I'm the, the Ronda <laughs> Rousey connoisseur here. But yeah, this this doesn't come off to a surprise to me. You put two of my right. favorites in the ring. I was happy either way. Because, again, I saw this coming when the match was announced. So <laughs> let's again, it's the biggest questions are just what do they do going forward, but. We'll figure that out Monday Night Raw. Now, the f- main event, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns for the Universal title. So, Brock and Roman both come out. They're ready to start the match. But before the bell rings, Braun Strowman comes out with the briefcase. Huge pop. Huge pop because people thought he was cashing in. So, he comes out and he cuts a promo in the ring where, like, you, everyone knows the history of the money in the bank. Everyone, you know, catches the champion off guard and does it behind their back and blah, blah, blah. Braun isn't about that. Braun is going to do this face to face. He's going to what it, it sounded like he was going to cash in and make it a triple threat. That's what I thought. That's what, that's what we all thought too. And then, and then he, he revealed towards the end of his promo that he's going to let the match play out, which why do you need to come out towards whatever but then he was it's and not then called brock lesnar beastie boy which was gold beastie boy i was great i was geeking but yeah then, then he revealed that he was gonna let the match play out and cash in after the match but like not like come in attack the person cash in and just win like that like he was going to let the guy celebrate a little and then cash in and have a legitimate match um so then braun just kind of stood on the ramp and was watching the match and so the bell rang. This match only went six minutes, ten seconds. It it started with Superman punch, which didn't obviously wasn't at full effect because he didn't cock his fist. And then he did another Superman punch. <laughs> I know, kayfabe, right? I'm completely joking for anyone who thinks, uh, whatever. Two Superman punches, a spear, another spear, and I believe, or no. A he, spear that was caught into a guillotine. Right, right. One spear. Another spear that was caught into a guillotine hold, which I was immediately it was like, okay, come on, <laughs> you're gonna right. just kill momentum with a with a submission hold, whatever. Roman got out of that, and then I think, and then that's when Brock got a little bit of offense. He hit like he he was just hitting him with punches and knees, he and hit a, he hit another guillotine somewhere in there. Yeah, too. yeah, and then and then that's where the suplexes came in. I believe he hit three of them, or no, then an F five. Yeah, yeah and three, then an F five. But then I think I think Roman kicked out pretty easily of the F five, if I remember correctly. And yeah. then it was a it was, oh, a, it, was yep. a, it was a two count. And then yeah. and then somehow Brock ended up on the outside of the ring. Or no, he was at, he was at the ropes, and Roman was going to spear him through the ropes, kind of like what they did at Ro- at Grosso Rumble in the steel cage match. And Lesnar sidestepped Roman. Roman did, basically did a suicide dive out to Braun Strowman. So this is and where Roman was about to kill Roman. This is where I don't like this because so yeah, Lesnar goes out there because Strowman's standing over Roman like, why did you do that? And then Brock comes behind Strowman and hits him with that F five, and then well, takes caught him a beastie boy. Well, yeah, I I know, but and because he threatened, he he knows he's gonna cash in. So then he takes the briefcase, and this was legitimately cool. I really like this. He threw the briefcase. And it hit the Titantron, like it hit the video screen. It was apparently he broke it. Oh yeah, he did. You could tell <laughs> that some of the paneling was broken. It was cool. It was a really good throw. So then Strowman's out. The briefcase is up there. Blah blah blah. Brock 
goes back in the ring. I think he throws Roman in there, and then you can literally after, tell after he like drills Strowman with a, with a few chair shots. Yo, yeah, that too. He was beating up Strowman pretty bad so that he couldn't come in. And then he goes back in the ring, and you could just tell. Literally, Roman starts running towards the rope, and I went spear, <laughs> spear, spear one two three. You can see it happening, and it did. And Roman defeated Brock Lesnar to become the new Universal Champion. And then SummerSlam ended. No, like, they didn't even really look at Braun Strowman. All the cameras were on Roman. Nothing with Paul Heyman. Nothing with, like... I mean, they I mean they showed Roman getting all up in Heyman's grill afterwards, yeah. but and that was about it. Yeah, nothing with Brock, nothing with Paul after the match. Nothing, it was just Roman celebrating. And here's the weirdest thing. Roman just won the Universal Championship for the first time at SummerSlam in the main event. And it was about a probably a two or three minute celebration. No confetti. Nothing. Oh, I can tell you why. They're trying to they're trying to fade the black that thing real quick before the before the crowd turned on him. I yeah. Because oh Notice. and here's the thing during Notice the match. Yeah. During the match, the crowd like I think it was one of the guillotine holds, because they were so hot for Braun. They started chanting, you both suck. You both suck. And so that's why I have the problem. I have a whole problem with this one, man. Because don't bring Strowman out and say all that. Like, I get it, and it works. But then you make this main event that no one wants to see even worse because you have the guy who everyone wants to see just standing right there. (laughs) So, like, it makes it so much worse. They're hot for Strowman. And then you take Strowman out of the equation. It makes him look... I thought it was genius. It, I thought it was, I, but it makes it makes Strowman look really dumb after making him look really strong. Not, I don't think it makes him. I don't think it makes him look dumb at all here. Because I mean, I mean, because the entire time. Why was he standing the, so close to the ring? The entire time, though, even even before he had that whatever you want to call that dust up with Kevin Owens after he won the after Strowman won the briefcase. He kept on saying he he was saying even before he won the briefcase that whoever whoever wins at SummerSlam he's going to be right there and he's going to beat them. He doesn't care if it's so, Roman. He doesn't care if it's Brock. So go stand so, and, go stand on the go stand on the the stage. <laughs> I can see, but yes, a lot. There's a lot of shoulda, coulda, woulda here. But again, I like the fact that he went out there and he was just like, yeah, uh, I so, yeah, I don't, guess. Don't, Basically, basically telling them he was like, "Don't get it twisted. Don't get complacent. Because because the, the moment you win, you still got to get through me to leave Brooklyn with the belt and everything." And Tyler Job actually tweeted this. <laughs> what did he say? And he say? was like, calling, and he was, and he said something about how Vince McMahon was a genius when it came to this, and it was. It, I not, wouldn't go that <laughs> far. In this one spot, Vince was a genius. I will give him this part mm. because you get you get the the crowd was hot for Roman, right? You thought, I thought, they thought, ah. we all thought, we all thought it was probably going to happen. I will also the make part. the argument that they were not hot for Roman; they were hot for the. I'm not Roman, uh, Braun, Braun. Oh Braun. yeah, That's no, but also like during the match when it started, when he got those Superman punches and spears in, like they were hot for that. They were it, they were into it until the guillotine happened, but. I I will still make this argument to the day. I will always make this argument. They were not cheering Roman. They were cheering the possibility of Brock losing the title. 
this is they could have very... thrown they could have thrown James Ellsworth in that situation. That that that's very that's very true. And they would and have I... cheered Ellsworth beating. I mean, they you, you know what I mean. They I could have cheered. They could have thrown. I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you that that very yes. may have well been the case, if not was the case. But if that was, again, that is a stroke of genius because Vince and all of them knew that, and it just so happened to and it just so happened that the guy who they want to be the face of the franchise was put in that position. So at that so at that point, you force a Brooklyn crowd, which, by the way, I'll say it again. That Brooklyn crowd was amazing from yeah. start to finish. They they from tried to start. hijack this match, but they they ultimately couldn't because it was very high fast pace and yeah. I, I I think by them trying to hijack, they they almost made it better. The whole you both suck thing, yeah, but still. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't want your two people in your championship match. Your champion and your future champion. You don't want them. <laughs> And they, yeah, yeah, you don't want that. But again, this is where that genius part of Vince comes in because then you have Brock, who's still salty. Because I love that Beastie Boy thing. Can I get that on a T-shirt? <laughs> you still have that. You, you then you have Brock. You have Brock take him out, which is going to put more heat on Brock, which is well, impossible. Yes. How can you put Perfect. more heat on Brock? Yes. Then you take that briefcase and chuck that thing over the Hudson River. You put more heat on Brock. Then you put a. Then you have Brock take a steel chair, destroy Strowman. I don't know how much more heat Brock could possibly have, more than he already had this entire year and a half, or however long he's had the damn belt. But you get the point. Oh, more there could have been a lot more heat if he would have walked out tonight. Oh my! I I think I think WWE would have lost stock honestly. But... Also, I think you're giving. I think you're giving Vince way too much credit on this because there's no way after three years of this Roman Reigns bullcrap, he just randomly decided, oh, I know that they hate him, so we're just going to use that against them. There's no way. In in my opinion, this was probably a Paul Heyman-produced segment. And it, 100%. Maybe. Who knows, but... Because I'm... it protected both wrestlers, basically, because... Roman didn't beat Brock clean. Even though it was a clean pin in the ring, Brock was distracted by Strowman. Like Roman needed needed that distraction to help him win. He can't win. He can't beat Brock him one on one. Brock was also about to destroy Roman with that chair until the inevitable spear. So exactly, we were, which that's so we were, an obvious spot. That's so the, we were, that's the spot that pisses me off. So we so we were very well potentially. You know, if they actually decided to go through with that. We're going to get Brock basically being the being you know the chicken heel, right? Tucking his tail between his legs and GTFO, GTFO, OAL, yeah, yeah, to you to to UFC. But maybe I am giving Vince too much credit here, but still, <laughs> I the think way you are. <laughs> I, I have I have three years of Roman Reigns that tells you that that's a little too much credit towards Vince. Maybe, but I'm. <laughs> But I guarantee as, you, Vince. Vince said, "All right, Roman's winning. No Strowman cash in." And they okay. went, "They went what?" <laughs> and then they're like, "All right, Heyman, how do we make this work?" And yeah, I either way, either way, until, I, I yeah, I'll give the until, credit to the writers. I'm gonna say until something comes out or there's something where we can kind of really tell that you know this wasn't a full fledged Vince McMahon move. I'm gonna think this was a Vince McMahon move, and <laughs> and even if he wasn't intentionally trying to play the crowd on themselves to almost to almost have them realize, oh damn, we just rooted for Roman. 
it worked. Whatever he did or whatever he didn't do worked because you put all that oh, heat yes. on Brock, and then he comes back in. Roman hits him with a spear. There's a you know it's an inevitable pop. Well, not inevitable, but there's a very loud pop, which is more than we can say about. Ha- which, by the way, did you notice how the mics were really cranked down on, during Roman's entrance? I kind of noticed that. <laughs> Yeah, they really they, and they sucks. yeah you could no you could tell at the beginning of it they 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 were late on turning them down <laughs> yeah but which they never did this for Cena they just let it ride but mm, anyways yeah. that that that's besides the point the point is here they had Brock build up all that heat Roman spears him he gets the pin. The entire crowd loses their mind. Goes, oh my god, Roman! Oh wait, it's not because Roman's champion. Brock's gone. Hell yeah! Brock's gone. That's and, why I was happy about it. You know, they celebrate and everything. They're still cheering. They're still cheering. They're still cheering up to the point where they fade to black, and then we don't know what happened because Ron Strowman might have cashed in. We don't even that, know. That was the quickest fade to black we have ever seen. <laughs> I have yeah. ever seen in a while, yeah. and we all know why. It because was very quick. Because even though we, I mean, we we all pretty much think creative are idiots. At that point, they weren't idiots. They realized, okay, we gotta end this now. We gotta end this now. They they love Roman, yeah. or maybe they don't love I, Roman. Yeah. They love that Brock is gone. Yeah, yeah. But either way, let's spin this like they love Roman because yeah. they love him right now. They're cheering him. End the show. End the show. End the show. You know, <laughs> and and so it was a stroke of genius because they finally get Brock gone well for now he's still supposed to appear on Monday Night Raw he bets his last scheduled appearance is Monday Night Raw so you have as far that as, we know. as far as we know correct which which is very possible that he might have a little bit of a he might have a different he thing had a, he had a meeting with officials at four o'clock right before the pre-show started so I mean, he might have had another. He might have another another deal, and maybe he's now in a. He, he, and if he does stay, he has a little bit of a program with with Braun Strowman whenever he comes back from UFC training, or even this a quick little program before UFC training. Who knows? But you know, they protect Braun because he still has the briefcase, and he could still very well. He could still very well cash in because Brock could come out, be ticked off. Oh, tomorrow night, yeah. Isn't that what you said on? Yeah, isn't that what you said on Friday? That was one. Of, that was one of my possibilities. Yeah, I, said either, I, I said either Strowman cashes in on, cashes in on at the end of SummerSlam, or Roman wins. Roman goes to celebrate on Monday. Brock comes out, destroys Roman because he's ticked God, off. I hope you know, just comes in, shows up, walks out. You know, I mean, shows up, destroys Roman, just walks out, storms out. Next thing you know. Roman's music hits. He goes against what he says, but I'm not going to do it when my opponent's down. He comes in because he's not trying to chance it. He he hits a running power slam or whatever on Roman. Roman has a couple spots with the Superman punches because it's Roman Reigns. They have to. Yeah. Roman puts him down. I mean, Strowman puts him down, and then Strowman ends Raw, which is still in Brooklyn. I would like to remind everybody as the champion. Oh, yeah. Because even was quote was quote unquote and heavy air quotes here cheering for Roman at the end of SummerSlam nobody in that in the backstage area better even remotely think that that's going to translate into Monday Night Raw because it won't yeah because it won't 
Hopefully, so. hopefully, come Wednesday when we do our segment, we are talking about Braun Strowman as Universal Champion. Because is- as happy as I am to see Brock Lesnar not as champion, come Monday night, I will not be happy to see Roman as champion. Because technically, technically, happy. Roman already got his SummerSlam moment. He got his crowning achievement. They didn't say how long he could keep it. They just, they just said exactly. they, they, they just said. They just said they needed somebody to get the belt back on Raw, exactly. which it is. Personally, I'm glad Roman has the belt, but I also know what's coming around the corner, so I won't get com- I won't get comfortable. Yeah. All right. I think that wraps it up. We've talked a while, so no segments today. We're we're gonna jump right back into um, football on Wednesday, and obviously we'll still do the Wrestling Wednesday segment. That'll take place afterwards, or possibly in just another separate bonus episode maybe that's what we'll do i'm not sure how i'm gonna do it yet but uh yeah just i mean you'll just look out for the episode on wednesday and if you see one episode that you'll know that it's at the end if you see two if you see two or an episode and a bonus episode then you know then that's how it is so i don't know i'm gonna do it yet we'll figure it out but yeah we're jumping right back into football afc predictions coming up on wednesday but overall SummerSlam was great. I loved it. It exceeded expectations, even though they were low. I think if I would have kept my expectations high, they still would have exceeded expectations because we got a lot of good matches out of this and four new champions, which I did not think was going to happen, uh, even though I think I picked four new champions. I picked three new champions. I didn't pick Seth. Oh, yeah. Update on that. Um, new, new Bullet Shield Day Club – the WTC champion results, I actually uh, had the most points. I, I think I had 11. Yeah, because there were 13 matches. I had two wrong. I had the first and the last match of the main card. <laughs> I I had Dolph retaining, Seth and, but Seth won. And I had Strowman walking out as champion, but Roman did. So I didn't get those two points. But everyone else, I, I was the only one that picked Charlotte. That was ultimately the winning match for me. So I won the WTC championship, making me a three-time champ. But Joshua Richards, huh. Joshua Richards, with his Money in the Bank briefcase, challenged me to a Marvel movie trivia uh, challenge. First one to ten points wins. You could steal question, or you can steal questions that the other person gets. And I, I uh, did not. I did not do good. <laughs> In his, in his fairness, he picked a fairly fair challenge. Like I, I had a good shot at it because I, you know, I watch a decent amount of movies. So I, and you know, whatever. It it was good. So Josh is now. Josh walked out after cashing in his money in the bank. He walked out WTC champion. Um. So congratulations, Josh. And yeah, I think Tom. Tom then he had the lowest amount. So Tom is new WTC money in the bank holder. Um. But, yeah, that's the quick update on that. So, yeah, and that was a fun night. <clears throat> Other than that, I think that's it. Connor, take us out. After this. Okay. September is the next pay-per-view. I technically never lost the title. I had to relinquish it because of car issues. Oh, I'm coming God. back for my crown, oh, Josh. You have been warned. Anyways, now that that's out of my system. Now take us out. Thank you. So, sorry you guys had to hear us talk so long, but we were very happy and very passionate about about 
Honest, honestly, we it, could probably we do a full another episode on this. Like, Pro- probably, I and I wouldn't, and I wouldn't this. have, I wouldn't have minded, honest, in all honesty, but not at this hour. But still, right. Anyways, to to follow to follow up on everything, to keep uh, to follow us on SoundCloud again. Look us up at First Round KO. Leave a heart there. Our friends over in Amst- in Amsterdam, Netherlands, keep it up. We love you guys. Thank you. Give us a shout out comment something on soundcloud or on twitter or on youtube on something we love you guys thank you here in the homeland united states come on come on <laughs> we we know you i mean the, the numbers say you guys love us too but the numbers say the netherlands love us a lot more yeah. so, so so we gotta pick that so let's let's get a big old happy family going here so that's soundcloud itunes of course you gotta find us at first round chaos on the podcast app through Apple, whichever Apple products you have. Spotify will get to you eventually. Stitcher, keep an eye out on that. That's another option for you guys, whether you have Apple Apple or Android regardless, which apparently I think is the Spotify of podcast. That's what I'm labeling it as. So there's that. Twitter, to, to, see, to see how much I marked out at Demon Fin, look up FRKL Podcast on Twitter to, to follow Kyle over there is Olsen2K18 to... To see to see me mark out again about Demon Finn, follow me at Connor Moore underscore seven. Links in the description. And in the next episode, we get back to football. Finally, we finally break down the AFC while we still have a couple more weeks of preseason left. What division do we start with? Who do we like coming out of the AFC? And who am I going to put on my fantasy football team? You're just going to have to find out on the next episode on Wednesday. Stick with us when we shock the system since day one-ish. Things are getting eerie like the Lakers down in Michigan. Had a good year, kind of tired. We're the Michelin at the finish line. Go get the checkered flag. Take a couple more shots. That's extended mag. I don't mean to brag. You smell the scented bag. I pull up solo at the function. I'm a tennis stag. Stone cold bachelor. Acid rap and chancellor. Couple years an amateur, but never had a chance. We are. You see me as a challenge to manage it into.